Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 NFL Week 6 picks against the spread, super locks, free money, teasers or parlays potentially, and survivor picks plus a Gus Corner mini coming up halfway through the show. I want to remind everyone to smash the like button, time code your favorite moments in the comment section. For the love of God, sub to Mayo Media Network. We're almost at 30,000 subs. Let's try to get there. We're 29,000. Let's get 1,000 more. And boom, we're at 30. That's how math works. But we can't do the math without your help in doing it. Rate and review the audio podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify as well. If you're ever clamoring to have this show early, subscribe to the Mayo Media Newsletter. It's completely free. And this show gets released 12 hours early. You can watch it on Tuesday evenings if you so desire. So please go do that. Plus, there's always giveaways in the newsletter, plus promos, plus actionable advice. Like, oh, I always put it in my favorite Thursday night prop. Uh, I run 10,000 simulations at runthesims.com for the player props. You can get, you can do that yourself and search anyone you want at runthesims.com slash mayo. So you can check all of that out. Plus, the Listener's League link for DraftKings is available down in the description. And Jeff Feinberg has now returned from Las Vegas, where I thought that he would have just had a heart attack on Sunday. He'd be dead down there or something like that after the Chargers stage a huge win, not only for Jeff, but for me as well, which it, things could not have broken better for me last week, Jeff. But there's a new segment on the Monday show that I'm doing. It's Life Advice with Pat Mayo. So if you want to email in the Pat Mayo Experience at gmail.com and have any sort of random life question, if you ask me about football, I'll find your IP, you will be blocked, and you'll never be able to watch the show or download it again. I'm sorry about that. Do not flood that with your crappy football questions that I don't care about. I have rankings and cheat sheets and shows for all that stuff. This is for the Life Advice segment. Meanie and I, Jeff, did one on Monday. It was fun. Okay. Um, yeah, you you know a lot of things, so that works. And you have like very strict procedures and how you do things. So I could see how that's a, a good thing. You didn't listen to a word I said, did you? You had your life advice show. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean I didn't listen? I, I your, your reaction to that was just very, very strange. How was Vegas? No, I didn't. Like, is it every week with Meanie? Is like, what, what? Like, I'm, I'm just, it's just life tips. And I say you're very, you have very good procedures. Like, I've seen you. You're incredibly diligent, hardworking. You have routines and procedures that you stick to. And like, I could see how sharing them could be useful. Don't show up to Harvey's without a mask. Yeah, don't I, I don't even know if we can hear Tim. Paul, is Tim actually like did, did Tim's not allowed to come in before his theme song, so I assume he's muted, right? <laughs> no, so he's just randomly talking. Yeah, like usually he's been pretty good. Do we have to go back to muting you, Tim? This show is just off the rails to begin with. Tim has ruined everything. Jeff's not listening. Anyway, it's a new part of the Monday show where we're doing the life advice stuff. This week, someone from Ireland wrote about moving to Canada and asked Meany and I for our tips of where he should move and what he should do. It was, it was good fun. But tell me, how was Vegas, Jeff? Vegas was great. I feel horrible. I'm not going to lie. I've been sleeping all day. You, are, oh, you, have, 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 like have you have you have you become like the the guys that I can't bring on the show anymore? It's like, hey, we're doing picks here. Who do you like this week? I like Buffalo. 
<laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah, no. We're Listen. doing a show here. <laughs> it's been a long time uh, with the COVID since me and my boys have, have gotten out. And uh, yeah, we had a great time. I, I Yeah, I had a blast. I don't know, like... <laughs> If you want my itinerary, I don't really know what what I'm supposed to say. I, I did Vegas right. Like we had a great time. It was fantastic. All right, so fantastic. Two, two thumbs up from Jeff. Apparently, the coin is on its best behavior right now. Also, currently leading in the spread picks for the year, beating both Jeff and myself, and of course, in dead last, Tim Undergust. Tim Undergust. <laughs> That is not my name. You hit your teaser, though. It was it was hanging on by a thread. I can't imagine any, because I know a lot of people had Baltimore on a teaser on Monday night. Can't imagine what that sweat would have been like. It was a sweat on every just about every leg. The Jets just squeezed it in, and then the Patriots had no right to get it, but then did. And then Baltimore had no right to get it. Like, it was just meant to be, I suppose. Uh, like, it felt great. It was awesome to hit two in five weeks. I... Uh, you know, I, I don't know if two and five weeks, 40% clip is a heater, but yeah, well, uh, it's a pretty... yeah, well, it's not, it's two and five weeks, but some weeks you played two and lost both. Oh, okay. You're right. I did play two in week one. So it's two out of two out of 60. So 33% of the time we've hit. So that's, that that's a, a marked improvement from past years. And all I can say is we're going to continue to keep, uh, keep, keep going. And uh, Baltimore's great. And a lot of people in the middle of the game yesterday took, their victory laps on Twitter about Lamar and about the Ravens, and uh, they have uh, an omelet on their face. I don't think people really cared all that much, and you're not... I feel like a lot of people are sticking up for Lamar, despite the fact that no one's really going at Lamar. It's just sort of this thing that people do. It's strange. Like, I've yeah, never, it's not I, like I'm not had a show I, here. You said he wasn't even a top 10 quarterback. I said that he was the 11th best quarterback in the NFL if I was starting a team. I would still say that. There are still 10 other guys I'd rather start my team with. Well, you know, one thing that's a hallmark of this show is that everybody here continues to be wrong about the same things all the time. So you're <laughs> welcome to continue to bang that drum, but you're wrong and you look wronger every time you say it. <laughs> Jeff, would you rather have Justin Herbert or Lamar Jackson? I would rather have uh, Justin Herbert. Would you rather have Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? I would rather have Josh Allen. Would Nonsense. you rather have Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? Yeah. Or, or sorry, or uh, uh, Lamar Jackson. My bad. I would rather Patrick Mahomes, but I'd probably have Lamar ahead of 11. Would you have, would you rather have, you would. would you rather have Dak Prescott or Lamar Jackson? Lamar, it's not close. <laughs> I what do you mean Lamar know. not close? The answer is Dak. Lamar's won Dak. an MVP. Lamar's the most valuable player to his team. There's no question about that. That's not up for debate. Unless it's like saying Otani should, uh, shouldn't be MVP either. He is like Otani is to baseball, what Lamar is to football. That's the closest comp we can have. It's really not. Because that doesn't make really any, any sense whatsoever. But okay. well, it doesn't make uh, sense. I contribute it. in a massive way in, in, two, in two separate uh, streams, in which no other player does. So it actually makes a huge comp. But, but again, when, thank you for playing. But when you look at the quarterbacks, like you know the other ones, like is, they were saying, like yo, know, Lamar Jackson, passing yards plus rushing yards. Then you just look at some other quarterbacks, and they just have more passing yards. <laughs> okay. 
great. I mean, you can continue to denigrate his skill set. I, I don't think that, that anyone good. is, but all I'm saying is that, you know, when you have to rely on record field goals to beat Detroit, something might not be running as smoothly as maybe it should be. Let's, let's see what happens when we get to January, like we always do. Or this, like, week. Or this week. This week is a nice stress test. Yeah. I like. I feel like the meanest thing I've said about Lamar on our shows is that I like Josh Allen more than him. You have I, not. Right? Been, Wasn't that the big debate last mean. year? You have not been. You've been wrong about other things, particularly today. But you're not wrong about that. I don't know what I've already been wrong about, but okay, I haven't said much. Uh, the coin is currently leading the picks. Jeff is in second. I'm a game behind Jeff in third. Tim's a game behind me in fourth. Jeff and I are both four and one on our super locks. Tim unsurprisingly, is one in four on his super locks. And Jeff and I are still alive in Survivor, although I almost won because of the Patriots, Jeff. You just got through in Survivor, going up against Davis yeah, Mills I and the mighty Texans. Very lucky. And hey, Falcons, pretty stress-free game. Honestly, in the middle of like a like a daze on the uh, late in the trip, I was just having a giggle attack and someone asked me what was up and I was thinking about you, Tim. And last week's show is you're getting thromped by the Falcons as I hadn't gone to bed yet. Giggling well, attack. That's very sweet of you to say. Uh, did you know, Jeff, that Tim was looking up hotel rooms for the Super Bowl last week? I, Tim, like I say this. Like, because like with all the respect in the world. And I know you get this from your own friends. And that's why I think I get along with like, you know, it's the guys that aren't self-aware. You make the most fun of, and you're like a fucking dud with this <laughs> the exact same thing as last year. I, I say it like from a friendship. I know you years ago, I know. Hold on, let me just say my thing. You Ruby. You, you win like a cup, a game or two in a row. And you say we're never losing again and going to make the playoffs. And the next week you lose to a Bengals team that didn't even win yet. Like, how do you do this? How do you last week, literally last week as we recorded this show, you were more confident that the Jets would make the playoffs than I was the Chargers would make the playoffs. You're goddamn crazy. I mean, I wasn't the and one. You do it to yourself. I wasn't yourself. the one. I wasn't the one giggling to myself in a Las Vegas sports book at 5 a.m. Uh, about I wasn't the somebody else. So I don't know who's yeah. the craziest of the two. I, I, I think you're, you're still wearing that crown. But look, you know. <laughs> how, hold on. How, how, can, how can Jeff still be wearing the crown when he's never won the craziest person vote? Only you have. He's never won the vote, but uh, it's, it's getting closer every year. And pe people are starting to come out of the woodwork when saying that uh, how could Jeff lose, et cetera. It's, anyway, you, you have never I mean, look, you have never got less than 70 percent of the vote. It was 65, 35. No, it was 70. It was, it was 71, 29 last year. I think it's a good chance that uh, I, I, uh, I remember it differently, closer. although it never happened that way. Living your be truth, much Tim. It'll be much closer. This year. But look, so. that's right. I was dead wrong. I allowed myself to get overexcited because I needed that excitement of in of my team being good. And it was early in the year and I hadn't had an early season win in a couple of years. And they were playing a terrible team the next week and an, on a neutral site and they have a super soft schedule ahead. And you're right. I allowed myself to get super excited and hyped for them and they lost and they deserve to lose and they're on by and I hope they figure some stuff out because that's another game where if Zach just played. Okay. We would have won that game. There's been a couple of games like that this year. And it's a bit discreet. He's played great in a couple of games, but 
He hasn't played good in other games, and he did not play well on uh, on Sunday morning. What else can I say? We were at the gym together watching the game, and you had to get off the Stairmaster to go pace by the TV. Well, I had to get off the Stairmaster because it was kicking my rear end. And after I was done with it, then yes, I began to pace near the big TV with the game on because I was there and there was room and I wasn't blocking anybody's access. And yes, I did have to watch the end of the first half there. It was a showing crack at the gym watching the Jets. No, I was not. Eh, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't go say no to that, Jeff. I would. I had the shorts pulled up very high. Yeah, but you always have your shorts pulled up really high. They fall down. Well, I just, I, I don't know what to say. Maybe you just need the, the string. You need to tie it a little bit tighter. Anyway, let's I get tie the string. Eh, not tight enough. Maybe you need to learn how to tie a knot. Maybe that's the big problem that we have here. Tampa Bay at Philadelphia is Thursday evening. This show is just off to a fucking brutal start, by the way. The line in this game is six and a half points. The Buccaneers are favored in Philadelphia. That's down from seven earlier in the week. 51 and a half is the over-under right now at DraftKings Sportsbook. Tom Brady, Jeff, has his thumb in a wrap. I'm guessing that's the reason that we're seeing the line move back towards the Eagles at this moment. Like coming off seven to go to six and a half, something would have had to happen. It's probably not just huge bets coming in on Philly because I think the public would balance it out pretty evenly with betting on Tom Brady in a primetime game. Gronk might be back for this game too. Not official yet, but he was trending towards that direction. In these big spots, I guess this really boils down to what you think of Philly. Is Philly a bad team? Are they a mediocre team? Are they a team with like a decent ceiling and maybe a better defense than we think that can keep this close and get weird scores at the end of the game? Like last week when they were dead and all of a sudden they beat Carolina? Or is this just another example of Tampa Bay against bad teams just kicking the shit out of them? Yeah, this is a... Doesn't seem like a tough one on paper, but when I really think about it, the Eagles are a team I really don't have a grasp on. And I love Jalen Hurts. Like I own Jalen Hurts in my home league. Like I'm super in on Jalen Hurts from a fantasy perspective, but I don't know what to make the Eagles. They really did impress me last week in holding Carolina off um, with with uh, long rest to, to uh, a really low point total. So to your point about the better defense, but there are two things that are coming in play for me for at this point, I have to pick Tampa. One, short week, Thursday night football, historically better teams, better coaches, just they deal with this thing better. And and it still does feel like Sirianni's learning on the fly in some ways, as he should be. He's a rookie head coach. Not all of them are Das Wunderkid. Uh, that being said, uh, it's also if, if Brady doesn't play and I could bet Tampa like even taking points off the board, uh, I would probably do that too because that would play right into my theory of, a really good team, one game with a backup, everyone stepping up for 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 a Gabbert. Uh, I would have no issues stepping in front of that. That would almost be an ideal far less points scenario. Uh, go get them by the Bucks. So here we are. I'm taking the Bucks. Facts under the touchdown. That's okay. Tim, what was the last time that you threw your voice out to the extent where it sounds like Jeff's? I can't recall <laughs> the last time I would have been yelling and screaming and uh, engage in general enough tomfoolery to have thrown out my voice <clears throat> the way Jeff's has. So I can't answer that question. I might be better now, but... Uh, no, you get yeah, that, no, get... that, that two seconds and that one sip of water that doesn't touch your vocal cords in any way, that definitely solved the problem. You're yeah, right. get, get that man a lozenge. Find a fisherman's friend, pal. Exactly. I've been, I've been harking him. 
I've been going to bed with one like stuck to the side of my mouth. Well, try halls. I, I really like halls when I've got the whole swim. king caboodle. Even I have these. Oh, so cough drops will solve so many things. Uh, I I'm a big fan of cough drops. From a previous trip to Vegas, and I still had some. They're these like mouth. <laughs> okay. They're, they're what now? <laughs> I'm having a lot of problems. Right? <laughs> these mouth, they now. like create moisture in your mouth, and they're literally like these tablets, and you like there's like a sticky adhesive on a side of it and you stick it like to your gum at like the side of your mouth by like a molar or something. It's, nothing's working for me. Nothing's working. Cool story, Hansel. I will take Philly in this game. Give me the home dog. There's a ton of home dogs, Tim, this week. We can take them all. We can. And let's go through the argument for it. Uh, last year and now this year, when Tampa has played on primetime, Tampa has not looked good on primetime. Last year, they lost to Chicago by a point. They beat the Giants by two. They got crushed by New Orleans. They lost to the Rams. They beat Dallas by two, and they beat the Patriots by three. This team doesn't cover big numbers in primetime. It just, Unless it's the playoffs. No, they didn't cover against the, the, the Washington football team in the playoffs. And that was their only primetime game in the playoffs, other than the Super Bowl, I suppose. I was only making uh, a, I'm making a bad joke about the Super Bowl, but I'm okay. Anyway, so I am very trepidatious, and I'm not going to uh, step out in front of this one. I'm going to take Philadelphia and the points, and uh, I would just say be very careful. Don't put the Buccaneers in any teasers or parlays this for this uh, week. Uh, the Bucks on primetime. Ever since Brady's got there, has has basically let you down outside of Super Bowl Fifty Five. So, just go elsewhere. I, I forgot that Tom Brady has the same workout and sleep schedule as Mark Wahlberg, where he's in bed by five p.m. every single day. So these primetime games are tough for him. Yeah, they seem to be. It just for whatever reason, Tampa plays super close primetime games, whether it be against good or bad competition. And so, anyway, just take take the points in in Philadelphia. We're back to London once again for an early game. This time, even better than last week, Dolphins at Jags. Jed, the Dolphins are favored by three and a half. 47 is the over-under right now. It looks like uh, old Tua Tugs is going to be back under center. At least that's the way that things are shaping up. He's eligible to come off injured reserve. All chatters that he's going to play in this game. So after uh, Mormon Mahomes wasn't able to become the king of England last week, and that is now you know, Matt Ryan's reign of terror is now over that they're on bye week. Who do you got, Tim? You got Trevor Lawrence or Tua Tugs, your two most hated, going head-to-head for English supremacy? Well, I wouldn't say Lawrence is one of my most hated. I mean, there's a long list of quarterbacks that I don't like. Uh, for example, like, Baker Mayfield, I, I, I like him far less than Trevor Lawrence. And I like she never Lawrence. said Baker belongs in the C or will be in the CFL. Well, you know, Lawrence is uh, re- really playing great out there, isn't he? You know, he's really, really impressing everybody who said he was going to be the John Elway of our generation. I definitely see that through five <laughs> games clearly. 
Uh, I'm going to play the Dolphins in this game only because I think the Jaguars are in shambles. I, I don't think that that's a professional football team right now. The way it's being coached or organized, I just have no confidence in them. And they are the first end of a five-team money line parlay this week. Money line parlay. All right. Yeah. You, you three, saw my. I, I showed you my money line parlay from last week, and now you need to feel like you got to get on the train. A little bit. I mean, listen, I won a couple of teasers, and but this is not a good week for teasers. Like if you look at the board, it's just not conducive to them. So the free money is on the parlay this week. Okay. So Miami, Miami, Jeff, is anyone going to take Jacksonville in this game outside of probably Cam? Uh, I'm certainly not. I like Miami here. Flores, Urban Meyer. Tim just kind of summed it up. I, so it seems like a whole shit situation going on. Shit sandwich, as you'd call it, in Jacksonville at the moment. Miami, it's got its own kind of shit sandwich at the moment because there was expectation. Like, they thought they were getting a good hamburger or something like there. So they're in big trouble. They're in big trouble. Apparently, there's a lot of panic. Uh, you know, they've kind of no one to blame but themselves in many regards. But apparently, like, temperatures are rising in Miami. Uh, maybe one of the more disappointing teams in the season. But this is a spot for them where they're certainly the more talented squad in this game. Give me the Dolphins. I agree that the Dolphins are more talented here. So, Tim, you're taking the Dolphins minus 200 on the money line? Yes, <laughs> indeed. Why don't you just lay the couple points? Because it's a free money parlay, and this is the first part of a five-team free money parlay. I am actually going to swerve and take Jacksonville's the home dogs here, Tim, plus three and a half. You can find it at four in some Enjoy spots it. as well. I'll take the plus three and a half. I think they can win this game outright only because it's Jacksonville. It's London. Stupid things happen in London. What a time to get their first. I mean, they haven't won a home game in like three years at this point. Maybe they'll win one over in London. The Jags have been good. in London. remember when Blake Bortles was basically Aaron Rodgers in London for like three consecutive years. It was awful out of there. These Jags, they know how to travel overseas. They know how to play in London. And whether it's Tua or Brissett, the spread's not going to change, it seems, because it hasn't for any of the games that those two have alternated in. Why would it? I, I just haven't been impressed by Miami at all. And you know, Jacksonville can lose by a field. Jacksonville could win or lose by a field goal. I'm fine with that. I'll take the Jags. This is, I actually like that the London games are the crappy teams because you don't have to like full pay attention to it. Like I'm trying to make bets. I'm trying to fill out DraftKings rosters, update my column, update the rankings that you can kind of like half watch it and skirt by. And it's really not that big of a deal. But I do appreciate that football was on that early. I don't. And when it's your team in the London game, it makes it that much worse. It like brings well, you sucks. down before the football Sunday's even begun. Like if your team loses, you're deflated before the games even start. And that's uh, not a fun way to go into a football Sunday. Yeah, it sucks. Your whole Sunday is probably ruined. Because I was going to ask last week, Tim, you were all about, uh, Pat asked if you were going to come over here. Like, it depends how the game goes. Obviously, you guys, you know, went to pump some iron uh, to work on your stress. But Pat, I don't think I've done this this year. Let's uh, back that bus up. You talked me into it. I'm pivoting. I'm pivoting. Let's see temperatures get to 103 degrees in Miami when they lose to that shit sandwich in Jacksonville. They're both going on by next week, right? They, they've elected to take their by following London. I believe so. What are the by teams this week? Uh, New Jets. Orleans. Jets and Falcons. New Orleans and San Francisco. Jets, Falcons, Saints, 49ers. Okay. We have buys all the way up to week 14 now. All right, let's get it kicked off. Sunday slate, Jeff, your team rarely 
gets to play in the one o'clock slate, but here they are. Three-point dogs in Baltimore. 51.5 is the over-under. When I did the Monday show, when I look at the advanced lines with Meany, I actually bet on the Chargers plus 3.5. I didn't really care what happened in the Monday night game. That feels too large. It's not that the Ravens can't win this game, but can they win by more than three? They've been playing exclusively close games against like pretty crappy teams, to be perfectly honest with you. I just think the Chargers outclass them in almost every single part. The biggest problem here that I think that we're going to see from the Chargers. And Jeff, you can probably speak to this after watching what the Browns did to them last week. And we've only really seen it from Lamar, not the rest of the backfield. But if the Ravens can establish their running game, the Chargers seem to have legit no answer to stopping anyone on the ground. Uh, You know, to a certain extent, I think the team that caused them the most trouble is Ezekiel Elliott and a two-headed cowboy attack. And, and last, Kareem Hunt and, and Hunt and Chubb. I mean Lamar, and, yeah, I'm Lamar, Hunt and Chubb. Lamar plus one, and like whether it be Latavius, how Le'Veon Bell. Maybe the talent isn't just isn't there outside of Lamar to do it. But that'd be the only thing that would caution me. But I, I'm not really that worried about it. It. I think I the mean, Chargers win the this Chargers game. Can, I, I bet the Chargers money line too. I think the Chargers is a better team. Hopefully, the Chargers can get them um, out of their rhythm and behind a little bit. Maybe they would have to do some things different. I have like weird feelings about this game. I'm like, I'm excited and I'm, I'm like honored. I can see it like as another great opportunity. I think the Chargers have played a bit of a gauntlet schedule and this is the final game of a gauntlet before they go on by. I'm very curious. How does this Brandon Staley team play in its game before a buy? How does Brandon Staley much like I was excited about before we played the chiefs, what sort of strategic element will coach Staley bring to a game versus Baltimore and how they do things differently um, in this first time around. So if we can finish five and one and go into a bye, that would be insane. If we're four and two last week, I asked for a split of these Northern of the North battles of Baltimore and Cleveland. I would be satisfied with it. Um, I don't, I don't know. It's a big challenge, sort of like playing Cleveland. I they, These are opportunities to see for me where the Chargers continue to stack up. The schedule does lighten up coming up. If they can win this game, everything gets possible. Uh, I, you know me. You know, I, I, I don't care how great Lamar is. I was snickering from ear to ear when they came back to tie that game. Five full quarters on a short week. I'm going to take the Chargers. I expect another great game. I'm thoroughly excited to see how we handle Lamar Jackson. I'm I'm a pretty girl, but but everybody, you know, we're still maybe a little how do you put this? Like we're not sort of invited to the cool kids table yet, but they're looking at us. We're like that cool kid that's going to be in high school maybe next year and people are staring at us real close right now, so I don't know. There's open seats at the table and we're, we're looking like we're going to take I, one. I don't understand that analogy, but I, uh, I want to give you an opportunity here, Jeff, to apologize personally for that uh, pass interference call. Cause I know people were demanding your personal apology for that. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to do. Oh, that. I don't give a shit. I'll ne- I will not apologize. I refs are bad. Bad calls happen on the field. Chargers have been screwed by plenty. The game was 42 to 47. Both teams could have made an extra stop or two all freaking game. When it freaking mattered, when it freaking mattered, the Chargers got those guys three and out with two amazing run stops. And then you put Baker in third and 10 and come on, right? Are you uh, concerned? 
the way I am a bit concerned for you that both against the Chiefs and against the Browns, Staley, who had called such a great game, basically unnecessarily risked both of those games by last-minute decisions in the Chiefs game to throw for a touchdown when it wasn't warranted and then to try to run the ball with Eckler when it wasn't warranted. Now, the Chargers have gotten away with both of those and gotten the win, and as good as Staley has been, those two decisions were two of the most, like, forehead-slappingly dumb I've seen all season. Are you concerned about this? Is, uh, yeah, is you're just trying to poke holes because if you remember in English... Trying to poke holes? They if you remember in English and what I spoke anyway. about, the Chiefs game, Staley was furious that Herbert changed the play to a pass. That was so like, maybe you should follow the league. I guess the question is at this point, when you're in that situation and you have a 21-yard field goal to just win the game, no chance, and I know it's Chargers kickers, and I get that there's like a pensiveness about that, but when all you need to do to is either to center the ball and take a knee, just take the knee, kick the field goal. Don't give the ball back to the other team with a chance to win. Like, Tim's right. That's twice yeah, now we'll figure it out. happened. I'm not worried about that. We'll figure it out. That's that's fine. They should have kneeled like once and then maybe taken it to 40 seconds and then tried to run it in. No, um, no, you don't try, try to run to it. Just the take the goal. knee and I'm kick trying. the field goal. Yeah, no, I don't trust that kicker. If you miss a 21-yard field goal, you deserve to lose. No, then we why deserve to lose if we'd rather just not let a human on the football field? Oh, my goodness me. Now, I'm a guy that you I'm want happy. out there. I, I'm happy about it. That and I mean, what, were they even really trying to score a touchdown? Were they trying to center the ball with Eckler? And then Cleveland just play heads up and pushed him into the end zone. Yeah, the guy picked him up and yeah. walked him three yards into the end zone. Yeah, I love it because not only did I have the last leg of my money line parlay to hit with the Chargers, I also had the Chargers minus two. So if they kick the field goal, they push the two. When Eckler gets carried into the end zone, they cover the two. I like I said, things yeah, were great. Like the thing to me is like the Chargers are amazing, but they're still a work in progress. And we're winning like it's still a young team with a young coach and a young quarterback. And we're still trying to resurrect some horrible demons. So they're still like, things are going to be perfect, but things are bad are kind of happening. And they're still doing some things that aren't ideal, but we're still winning because we're being aggressive and we're being confident and, and we're just doing our thing. We're using the talent. We're finding matchups advantage. We're finding matchup advantages. I don't know. I don't know. We're still a work in progress. We're still a work in progress. If they win this game, maybe I'm really going to start to pay attention to the ceiling. But I don't really want to be there. It's too early for me. It's unhealthy. It's not October. But here's my friend Tim looking at fucking hotels in Los Angeles. Are you telling me in all sincerity you haven't at least one time thought, gee, which home Chargers playoff game would I prefer to go to? The first no. one, the second one, or the third one? I don't. I haven't thought about any of that. Okay. What I've thought about is right. I am going to, to San Diego with my family in a couple of weeks, and we're going to the Patriots game on the thirty first. That's what I'm thinking about right now. Yeah, to, the end to, of this bye week, and then a revenge game because they beat us forty one to nothing or some crazy shit last year. Yeah, it was forty five to nothing. Yeah, something stupid. But it but it got his ass out the goddamn door. Signed, sealed, stapled, fucking hammered. And it will. It should be a day we make a plaque in the in Chargers football for, on this field on this day, we lost this, but it created this. So we're playing the Ravens. It's a double look ahead, as far as I'm concerned. I'm worried about this game. I I like Pat's confidence in my talent and my team, but it's a game I'm kind of worried about. A lot of things have gone our way at the uh, you know the last little bit. We're going to the bye, and then we play a game that I think's pretty. 
pretty important and I'll be there. And I'm going to, I will be at that Mecca. I will make my pilgrimage to SoFi. Tim looking at hotels for the Super Bowl for the Jets is essentially like the guy who victory laps his outright winning golf ticket halfway through Thursday. Man, I got this guy 200 to one. Look at me. And then the guy like doesn't make well, the cut. Well, to be fair, if I pick somebody to win a golf tournament and they're leading after the front nine on Thursday, I would also probably do that. So this is just you. This is just you in a nutshell then. Okay. Well, I guess I plead guilty then. Yeah, you um, you this was my AFC championship game. That's uh, if you remember. I, I picked. So I, I have a high opinion of both of these teams. I think that the line is the right line. It's it. it these two teams are, I think, very equal. So you're picking push. But I have to pick a team, so I'll pick Baltimore. I think they're just slightly better. They're at home. The Chargers are playing on the west, on the East Coast early on. And, uh, you know, it's, people can run on them. Washington had over 100 yards rushing on them. Uh, the, the Browns ran all over them. The Cowboys ran all over them. I think Lamar and the Ravens should run all over them. Uh, I think it's going to be a very close game, a very fun game. But in the end, I am going to pick Baltimore. The the thing I agree with you that this can slightly slant towards Baltimore in a big way if they can establish that run early, get chunk plays on the ground, and maybe open stuff up deep. But if the Chargers just continue to score at the rate that they do, especially in early in games, it becomes so much harder for Baltimore to run. And although Lamar is, I mean, Mark Andrews had a huge game. Marquise Brown's having huge games. But the biggest part of the Chargers' success outside of the offense and Herbert so far this season has been the pass defense. They've essentially shut down every quarterback they've played so far through the air. So it's, true. it's just going to be it's really true. tough if they get behind well, for them to come back. Maybe Lamar out. Oh, maybe Lamar is the one guy who can do it so far, but just no one seemed capable of doing it. Even Mahomes struggled. And I would like to say that last week was, 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 I mean, that was horrific. And it's so great to see the Staley talk about the disappointment in certain things, even in the win. Um, but before that game last week, Every team the Chargers had played this year, the Chargers held to their lowest point total. And that included Dallas, and that included Kansas City. So, yeah, I'm not, um, you know, uh, maybe Kenneth Murray's important, and Tranquil got banged up early in that game. So we gotta we gotta tackle better, and we gotta um, we gotta improve. We gotta improve. But when Staley needed two huge run stops late in that football game. We got him. We got him. And Mr. Spanos is an important person. And you got a first. No, he's not an important person, but looks like they they threw him a cupcake because um, yeah, it was a nice game. Minnesota at Carolina. We finally saw there was like when Twin Peaks came back, Tim. It was Twin Peaks the return. We saw Sam Darnold the return in the second half last <laughs> week. Like that was that was all Jets Sam Darnold all the time. That's the guy that we become pretty familiar with over the past few years. Uh, Carolina is now a dog at home to the Vikings. They're a one point dog. Forty six and a half is the over under in this game right now. McCaffrey should be back for this game and still the underrated part about Carolina. And I think they're going to look a lot better in two, three weeks time. Uh, I mean, if JC Horn can come back sometime at the end of the year, like signing Stefan Gilmore, he'll, he should be eligible to play in two weeks. If he can condition himself up that the secondary is going to be looking pretty good. And the one thing that they're the best at so far in football is pressuring the quarterback. Minnesota can't block to save their lives. They can still score points, but we saw what happened against Cleveland. Once you got a good pass rush in front of them, they really couldn't do anything offensively. I think this game, 
I, I want to believe it's going to be a shootout, but I actually think it kind of goes the other way. And I think the Carolina wins a close game, like 2017. Actually, it's Minnesota. So it'll be some sort of stupid score. So it'll be like 16 to 12 or tw 22 to 17 for Carolina. Something like that. I like Carolina at home in this game. I think they're being a little bit disrespected for losing a game to Philly, which they should have won. But that was the worst we've seen Darnold play since he was wearing a Jets uniform. They look pretty bad in the second half against the Cowboys, too. Um yeah, I agree with you. It's going to be a low-scoring game, but I'm going to go the other way on it. I, I am a Vikings believer. I still think this team has a very high ceiling, and they just had a brutal start schedule-wise to their season. And uh, yeah, they're two and three, and there's a set of easier games to to come. And you know, I, this is one they should win. I think they're the better team on the field, and uh, McCaffrey can be a game changer if they can get him going. If they can find holes in that defense which has been porous at times this season, then Carolina's got every opportunity. But I think the Vikings are a better football team. And if you're asking me with what is essentially a peck I'm going to take the Vikings. Jeff, would you bet the plus one at minus 110 or just take the straight money line at even money? You take the money line, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those guys that takes the money line. But I really like Carolina. This could be a super lock for me. Two down games, McCaffrey out. Um, even if he comes back in a limited role, I would see that as a positive. Uh, you know, you just sort of think where this spread would have been like a few weeks ago. And I'm a guy that's consistently feels like I'm going to the wall with Carolina. So give me Carolina. Minnesota really let me down last week. I don't know if it's a, like, even without that late touchdown, like, I don't know if it's, um, what was I trying to say? I don't know if the Vikings problems, I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah, Vikings sucked it, last week. Is your is, is like, your brain not working? Like, are you at like eighty percent right now? You're like Christian McCaffrey when he's on the field. Like, the the computer has too many programs <laughs> running at the same time. It's just going a little bit slow. Left on for too Jeff's long. brain just says buffering eighty two percent. I I've been high on Carolina all year. This is a game that I looked at early. Could be a super lock. Um, the fact that this thing could be a pick them essentially when a couple weeks ago, you're probably laying maybe four points. Did, did you just do a hard reset on your take? Well, I want to get back to it. Are you crying? <laughs> you've you're got tears in your eyes. You're in rough fucking shape, pal. Are you doing a fine bolt this week or what? <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Maybe a later in the week fine bolt. I had to, I recorded some with Rick yesterday. No, I had to have him. <laughs> Jeff. You have like the, the technical difficulty sign for Jeff that you can just put up in his box. <laughs> Give me Carolina. I can't talk about this game. Like that Simpsons one where the guy is just drunk and holding a bottle of booze. See, here's the, the here's the thing, Jeff. I've been high on Carolina all year long. And when I looked at the advanced line of this game, you know, it was much stronger. So it's considered super lock territory for me. Is that what you're saying, Jeff? He doesn't. No, it has nothing to do with the what the advanced line would be. I Why did like you bring it Carolina. Up? I think there's a great bounce back opportunity for Carolina. Minnesota, in my opinion, the way that game set up last week against Detroit and their injuries and how it offset versus what the Vikings um, had at those positions, I thought they really should have laid the hammer down. Once again, Campbell lets and his boys stick around. Minnesota, you know, 
make a stupid turnover. I, I, I like Carolina enough, and I, I'm so down on Minnesota at the moment, I guess. All right, I don't know. I don't want to talk about this game. Okay. The coin is siding with Tim and going with Minnesota. Jeff and I have Carolina. Healthy snacks have a bad reputation. And let's be honest, most don't taste very good. Yeah, that's a thing. They don't fill you up, and they certainly do not satisfy your cravings. This episode is sponsored by Monk Pack, who makes snacks that taste like our favorite sugary treats, but with one gram of sugar or less. I don't even do keto, but it's just better for me, and I feel better when I have the Monk Packs rather than eating this garbage from the grocery store. So you can get the Monk Pack Keto Granola Bars. They contain just one gram of sugar, two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 140 calories. They're gluten-free, grain-free, plant-based, non-GMO, with no soy, trans fats, sugar alcohols, or high-intensity sweeteners. This is what I eat after I go work out, whether it's a run, whether it's a lift. I just pump the Monk Pack bars into me and I feel great afterwards. I'm not giving back all the calories that I've just burned and I do feel full. And they're perfect for a quick breakfast between Zoom calls, a guilt-free dessert, whatever it is. They taste incredible. They're really, really good. Most of these ones just taste like absolute garbage, but not Monk Pack. And you can't beat the low sugar nutrition they provide. And by shopping online, you can avoid another trip to the grocery store by getting Monk Pack delivered right to your door. I'm obsessed with these bars and I probably eat more than I should, but that's okay. To make sure that I'm always fully stocked, I signed up for a subscription to my favorite flavors, which saves me 10% on every order and ships them automatically to me. Try it for yourself and you'll see. And we have a special deal for the listeners of the Pat Mayo Experience. Get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering our code MAYO at checkout. And Monk Pack is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't like it, for any reason, they'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. To get started, go to M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K dot com and select any product then enter the code mayo at checkout to save 20 percent off your purchase monk pack delicious nutritious food you can count on and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast packers and chicago tim did you know this is a rivalry maybe the oldest rivalry in football tell me more i'm intrigued i i had no, i did not know that and someone told me three thousand times already this week the bears are four and a half point dogs at home 44 and a half is the over under i'm really torn on what's gonna happen in this game feels like the pack feels like the packers by a million or the bears win or, yeah, like or, or miss or miss a field goal to lose at the last second maybe i mean look the packers are still not a quite firing on every cylinder you'd expect they seem to have a penchant in each of these games to sort of like not quite take advantage uh completely of their skill set uh i'm gonna put them on the free money parlay uh, they're minus 210 on the money line I, I expect them to win this game i i just don't think fields and the offense can score quite enough to I don't know what is going on with Jeff. He's grimacing. He's making me, he's distracting me as I'm trying to make a very lucid point over here. See me. I can always see you. I'm like the eye of Sauron. I see everything. Uh, I, the, uh, the bears just, again, they, they beat when they win or when they lose games, they play them very tight, very close, very defensively. And the bears are a very good defensive team, but green Bay scores points. And I expect green Bay to put up 24 points. And that means I don't think the bears can cover the number. So, Give me, uh, give me uh, Green Bay. Sorry, that's a super compelling case, and I'm really torn on which side to go on 
in this game because the Bears stick to their plan like you said it's defense but it's mainly pressure and you can pressure Aaron Rodgers right now the offensive line hasn't looked great and then on the other side of the ball it's a the Bears are playing sort of like the homeless man's version of what the Ravens did with Lamar in his first year where they're going to try to run 50 times a game suck the air out of the ball limit the amount of possessions and try to win on defense and hope your quarterback doesn't turn it over they need to start running field some more that that, that has to be coming at some point point. and if it happens this week they can be successful in doing that i think like especially if jair alexander is enough that really benefits the run game at all but then they have the opportunity to take a deep shot or two and they'll need to convert on those i'm going to take chicago in the points plus the four and a half. I don't think I'm going to bet it. I just, it's too stinky of a game to do it. This, this almost feels like one of those games where we'll look in the fourth quarter and Chicago will have a chance to win. Yet we know that they won't win. It's one of those games. Even like, even like Detroit, when Detroit took the lead last week against Minnesota, it's like, Hey, Detroit's Oh yeah, no, they're not going to win. And then they did. (laughs) Jeff, do you know what game we're even talking about? Yeah. So I agree with Tim here. I like the Packers a lot. Obviously, I don't think last week's final score was indicative of how close that game was. The Raiders, on the other hand, gave Chicago an incredible spot game uh, last week for, for, for a plethora of reasons. But in the same way, like a few weeks ago, where Chicago looked really bad, I recall, and then they played Detroit, and we got a really short number, and we're like, no, like... People are hating on Chicago so much. They got this versus Detroit, and we were happy to jump in on it. Well, now since then, Chicago's won a couple in a row, but the Raiders were like a, a dead fish, uh, you know, in that game for 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 obvious reasons. And Chicago took full advantage of it. It was great to see all those Bears fans uh, floating around Vegas all week, everywhere you looked. Um, and but I think now the Packers get an opportunity here, I think, uh, closer to the Packers winning big side of this one. All right. Cincinnati and Detroit. Oh, boy. Cincinnati's favored by three and a half in Detroit. 47 and a half is the over-under. Joe Burrow appears as if he is going to play in this game after his throat contusion. That hit looked so nasty last week, and then all of a sudden, he was just back in the game. Joe Mixon should be back closer to full health. Samaje P. Ryan currently on the COVID list. Not sure whether he's going to play or not on the Lions' side of the ball. They're banged up on the offensive line. Their center just went on injured reserve. Cuss boy, Quintez Cephas, just went on injured reserve. So they're just kind of depleted. Hawkinson's banged up. I like the Bengals here. I think the Bengals are just better than Detroit. And I think a lot of people, when we, like, not all of these home dogs are going to cover, obviously. I would bet and maybe this will all bet on Cincinnati, that Detroit will be one of the more publicly backed underdogs against the spread this week, Tim. Well, you're reading my mind. I love Detroit against number this week. I think they probably win. Uh, they played everybody close just about, like in every game, even the games they don't cover in, like they were leading against the Packers at halftime. They gave the Bears a game. Like they, the Ravens, the Niners, they came back on. The uh, uh, last week, uh, the Vikings, like the Lions just played close games and they're at home. And am I really going to lay three and a half points on the road with the Bengals? No, I'm not. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to take. Detroit to cover the number. Jeff? I hate this game. <laughs> okay. Because uh, I bet uh, the Bengals. Let me I ask, bet the Bengals. Let me ask you outright this. Outright. Li- Where on the field is Detroit better than Cincinnati? Uh, 
offensive line, maybe? I would say coming into the season, yeah, but they've basically lost everyone. Yeah, no, but I don't know. I mean, I don't want to overthink this one. I bet the Bengals to beat the Packers last week. I know it wasn't a big spread, but now I'm going to bet Detroit to beat the Bengals and three points. I'm just taking the Bengals, but I don't, I don't love it. Tim makes a compelling case. I'm laying these points with the Bengals. Those are most points you probably laid with the Bengals on the road and and forever. And I feel stupid doing it, but I went went on them last week against the best NFC North team. I guess I just got to stick on that black roulette wheel part of it and say we're going again this time versus Detroit. You put you putting the Lions on the money line parlay, Tim? No, not oh. that much. Oh, okay, but you do like the three and a half. I do. Oh man, Houston, Houston at Indianapolis. Short week. Oh, we have our big screen game. Yes, yeah, this is the one that's going on the on the uh, seventy five incher. Colts are favored by nine and a half. Forty three is the over under. Are they just propping up some of these teams now, so you feel worse about teasing down the Colts? Yeah, I couldn't. I, I when we started uh, looking at the, when I started looking at the board, I thought, okay, well, the Colts have to be a part of a teaser, and then the teaser sort of fell apart. And I was like, you know what? The Colts are scrappy. Let's, I know it's a big number, but to heck with it. Let's throw them on a par, a money line parlay. So we're going to add them to it. I don't know. Houston seemed like they played about as well as they could play last week, and they still managed to lose. I don't think they have that kind of effort in them two weeks in a row. So I expect Indianapolis to win this game like 30 to 14 or 27 to 10 or whatever. So to cover the number pretty reasonably. I could see them just absolutely waxing Houston here, but there's there's something about Indy. Maybe are they a team that just plays to not necessarily the level of their competition because they got a few breaks in that Baltimore game. They actually played good defense in that game until the very end for the first time in ages. And if that's going to happen again against Davis Mills, although Davis Mills had it's fun. Uh, Davis Mills had the best rookie quarterback performance of any rookie quarterback so far this season. Who would have thunk it, Tim? Yeah, well, you hate to see it against the Patriots defense. That uh, that's really unfortunate. But is it the Patriots defense is just horrible, or like who knows? I don't. I just think poor preparation. Uh, and Davis Mills obviously not a talentless schlub. I mean, he was drafted in the NFL for a reason and is playing now. So I don't know it's hard to figure out. I just think that the Texans pretty much did as well as they could do last week, and can they replicate it going into Indianapolis? I just, I just doubt it. I, I don't want to stand there holding fewer than 10 points with the Texans. So. Well, you might be able to see that creep up as it goes along. I'll take Houston plus nine and a half. Uh, Indy just does too many stupid things where either they're missing field goals or inopportune turnovers or going on drives that take seven and a half minutes and not scoring points. Like they're the kings of these things of just not really coming through in the clutch. I, maybe you need Davis Mills to be like semi-competent for the second straight week. And maybe that's too big of an ask, but I don't know. I just, I feel really bad about it minus nine and a half for an indie team like i have absolutely no belief in i think the win but even on your money line parlay like minus 425 is a big number does it really help it that much it, well it does by the end of it we get to plus 328 so yeah but if you took that off what would it be if i take off indianapolis it goes down to plus 248 okay so what oh yeah keep it for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I had Tampa on mine last week just because I felt so good about that one. So I, if you feel that confident in Indianapolis, or maybe it's the anti-Houston sentiment, I don't know. But I, I will take Houston in the points, Jeff. 
I'm going to just stick with the anti-Houston sentiment. Um, I'll tell you, I did end up staying away from the game, as you kind of spoke about, Pat. You said, like, if this line doesn't go up versus the Patriots, it actually goes down. Like, that would be the scariest thing. I think you even mentioned that when we did the show last week. That's exactly what happened. And, um, yeah, so I'm happy I stayed away from that. But I'm still more confident that Houston will do something to let Indy get the cover than Houston backdooring a cover. Agreed. I, give me Houston. Yeah, I, I, oh, you're going to take Houston or Indy. I'm sorry, give me give me Indy. Like, I'm just more confident that they'll do something stupid and I'll get the cover for free with a short field. And I don't I don't think they're gonna backdoor. Like, I don't trust them to backdoor. So Houston, uh, Indy. Indy. Yeah. If if Houston's <laughs> if Houston's gonna cover this game, good God, man. It's gonna turn head slap. Did you get that head slap? It's gonna turn into a field goal fest. I mean, you're the king of the head slap. What would you rate that out of a of a cussed 10 out of 10 head slap? What would you give that? Because you almost knocked yourself out two weeks ago. That's like a solid five. Yeah, it wasn't very hard. Yeah, Tim hit himself in the head. Tim hit himself in the head so hard watching a Jets game after uh, Zoomer Zach threw a pick that he then forgot that he had hit himself in the head 10 seconds later. I had to show him a video of him doing it. My wife gets so mad when I do that, but I'm like, I don't want to hit anything or anyone else, so I just beat the shit out of myself. (laughs) This game, oh my god, man, this early slate. Last week, at least the late slate was really good. I felt like we had two or three games last week that weren't bad. Like Rams at Giants. We don't even know who's starting for the Giants. It's probably going to be fucking Mike Glennon, who is terrible. Ten and a half is the number. And like, does it really matter if it's Daniel Jones or Mike Glennon? 47 and a half is the over under. I keep taking the Giants in these games and they covered once and they made me feel like a big man because they won outright against the Saints, but like they're not good. The Rams are good. I'm just going to lay the the 10 and a half with the Rams. I'm going to try to make this as easy as possible on myself, Jeff, and just go Rams. Rams, the extra time, Sean McVay. I don't want to touch any part of the Giants and question marks. It's so many crucial, crucial spots. Maybe... I don't even want to overrate the extra time, but against a bad team with a, like an offensive coach, that's so good. I'm going to like actually think it matters and it's going to lead me to picking at least for these purposes, picking the the Rams to get this cover. The the coins going with the giants, Tim. Well, the coins on its own. Then I like LA a lot here. LA is also on the T on the parlay. Mike Glennon's not going to win this game. Mike Glennon's not going to be close in this game. The Rams are just up and down the board so much better. The the Giants don't have much to, to, to bring to bear in this game. This could be like quite a, quite a route. Give me the Rams. All right. Chiefs and the Washington football team. A lot of turmoil around the Washington football team these days. They're seven and a half point dogs at home against the Chiefs. Both these teams, one and four against the spread. 55 and a half is the over-under. That is by far the highest of week number six. This game just feels like a shootout. And weirdly enough, Washington's actually pressuring the quarterback again. It's not leading to any defensive stops, but they are have the highest pressure rate over the past three weeks, which kind of stunned me when Seeley told me that. Uh, then I went and looked up. I was like, oh, yeah, there we go. They're getting to the backfield again. Maybe the defense has started to come around, but both these teams give up over 30 points per game, essentially. So just give me the team with the better quarterback and the better offense, seven and a half. I'm going to take Kansas City in a get right spot on the road here. 
They are the fifth and final piece of the money line parlay. The Kansas City Chiefs. This you're playing a yeah. huge favorite money line parlay. This is what you're playing. Yes. All right. To get it up to plus three forty three right now. Okay, so it's going to be dead uh, by the time uh, Jacksonville beats Miami. Well, if that happens, then so be it. Uh, I, I I like this the spot I'm in. Look, you you said it. I mean, the, I I think you're right to say that it's going to be a high scoring game. But in the same way that the Philly Kansas City game was, and that was forty two to thirty, so they would have covered that number with a few points to spare. I think Washington can probably score twenty eight points, but I expect the Chiefs to score forty. And so, yeah, but I think the Chiefs. I don't know if it's a get right game exactly, but I expect the over to hit, and I like the Chiefs to win and cover. Coins going with Washington. Jeff, I feel like you're a Washington man in this situation. Nope. I'm going to be the Chiefs in what has to be a, a desperate bounce back uh, situation. It's scary, though. I mean, I'm shocked the Bills even punted four times in that game last week, you know, when, when you really break it down. And for as bad as the defense is on Kansas City, I would make the case last week was the first time the defense actually affected the offense. In that the offense was no longer taking like the free plays that the Bills like soft second half defense would have allowed them. They felt they had to try to hit home run after home run after home run. And they weren't taking that free stuff. And, it, and it's starting to affect the offense in a way that I don't think it did in the Ravens and Chargers losses. The Bills were able to 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 rattle them um, to that further to that further extent, I still got to pick them in and get right game the same way I did. We, we got, even got lucky when I think we hit that spread cover in the Eagle game because that Syriana fellow was like kicking field goals early. You just got to be prepared to lose. Uh, so yeah, the win they cover, I don't know, cover McLaurin. Hopefully they win the game. Yeah. I, I think for like DraftKings purposes, obviously like, this is the game this week because you can find cheap guys. You can find expensive guys. There's a ton of points. You can play either side if you want to, and still feel pretty good about it. Chiefs D might be the play in this spot though. Just Heineke will give you the ball. He's kind of like Daniel Jones in that, that matter. Just like, Hey, you know, as Jake described it, he goes a hundred percent on every play with everything he does. Like, it's not like, Oh, we're in a close game. I'm not going to try to force this ridiculous throw. No, he's going to try to do that. And you know, McLaurin will make a nice catch from time to time, but then he'll throw a pick like a really awful pick and have it going back the other ways. Not to say that, like the chief's defense is good, but for fantasy purposes, maybe you can use the chief's defense this week. That brings and they up. also have the high end, like, you know, Clark and Matthew, like they have the high end players that can make those, great plays that get you those points while overall as a unit they they do suck so i agree with you are those guys good anymore because it's really hard to tell when you watch their defense or are they just riding on name at this point like are they washed they up are be. they having a I, bad year like I, I i don't have a good enough eye to be like you know what honey badger's just washed like he's bad now or it's just like you can't do anything because everyone else sucks on the field yeah, no, I like you. I, I don't like know how to watch film in that respect and see if he lost a step to two years ago film. But I just know as a fan of football, two years is a long time. And him and Clark, they're just a couple years older. And, you know, the, the guys they're playing are that, that they've lost to are good. Uh, Allen and Jackson and Herbert. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Tim, there are seven early game so we don't need to pick what game goes on what tv all we have to do is pick what goes on the main tv 
I think it's that's pretty obvious. It's Ravens Chargers, right? Has to be. Has to be. How couldn't it be? So the second screen would have to be Minnesota Carolina. You that or Washington Kansas City. I think I think I'd stick with Minnesota Carolina to start. We got. I would tend to. I would tend to agree with you. We we have Carolina on often. It seems on one of the main teams. We do. We we do. I want. They have exciting players, I suppose, and they played the Jets once, and then they played uh, the Cowboys. So there were just reasons for us to have them on, I guess. I suppose. And I will say, because even though we all have followed this league forever and know that it does feel like a bit of an evergreen situation, myself and everyone, um, and we don't know how it's going to end because there's still a lot of chapters to write, but we all just wanted to ignore the Super Bowl hangover aspect of how that could affect the almighty super greatest team ever, best player on the planet led Kansas city chiefs. But one man, most of the time insane said it doesn't lock stock and barrel. It's going to happen. He didn't care who the quarterback was. He didn't care who the coach was. That was Tim Anderson. I don't think anybody saw them through five under 500. Thank you, Jeff. I really appreciate that credit. Thank you very much. Now, don't go wake them up. No, I accept that credit with uh, a humble heart. Thank you very much. That's awesome. Did, did you, you're so pumped for some credit. Uh, we'll, we'll get to your credit situation. We check in on your McDonald's Monopoly fiasco here in a moment. But uh, Jeff, do you buy into my conspiracy theory that the Chiefs are intentionally letting these teams win games so they have too much confidence when it comes to the playoffs and the Chiefs will be like, ah, fooled you, almost like Dark Helmet? Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs just feel like like almost like Morikawa. Like, they're just going to play. Like, if they just need to putt a little well, they're going to just freaking win all those big games when they matter, when they count the most, right? Like, like this week with Morikawa, when he wins in golf. Yeah, it does seem like he's going to win the CJ oh, Cup, doesn't it? Fuck off, Tim. I didn't Tim. pick him. Oh, you're the fucking worst. Well, I have to express my I opinion. didn't fucking ask you, did I? No, I suppose you did. So you shut your goddamn mouth. Fuck! <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> you might not win. <laughs> Fucking killing me. You owe me money now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big bet, too. Anyway, we're halfway through the show. The show has been terrible. Cuss Corner, let's hear it. Cuss Corner Cuss Corner, Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. He's got the hottest takes with the highest stakes. He should be president of the United States, but it's Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner, Cuss Corner. <laughs> so, I have several things that I want to discuss. And People want to know how all. much money that you've spent on McDonald's. All so right. Far. All right. Let's start with the McDonald's update. Is like $170 at this point. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Which, you know, seems bad, but it was like 75 or 80 right out of the shoot the first two days. So it calmed itself down. Oh, yeah. Somewhat. But including today, which is day eight. Yeah, I think it's about 175 ish. Uh, and now I am officially set in every single spot on the board. All I need now is the rare one in each case to win. So that's that's where I am right now. So, so now you need the hard ones, the ones that yeah. they yeah, don't so, make. So this is my money. opportunity to address the comment from the Friday show, which was, 
Rob said, what I don't understand is that these uh, pieces aren't all equally available and that some are incredibly rare. Believe it or not, I have a couple of graduate degrees and I do understand how this works. <laughs> and I have been playing McDonald's Monopoly a while. I know how rare it is. And it's the rarity of it that makes the whole thing go. That's why it's fun. I get that it's next to impossible to win the big prizes. That doesn't matter to me in the least that it's really hard. The, the, the first thought that came to my mind is back in my graduate days when I read Albert Camus' Le Mythe Sisyphe, The Myth of Sisyphus, oh, where he talked about Sisyphus, this Greek uh, character in mythology who tied down death and prevented death from escaping. And when death did escape, there, his punishment for all eternity was to have to push a boulder up a hill forever. And as soon as the boulder reaches the pinnacle of the mountain, he has to watch it roll down the mountain and he's got to walk to the bottom and he's got to push that boulder up the mountain again. That's his fate for all eternity. And Camus argued that life is absurd and that every human being really wants some sort of answer or explanation or purpose and the universe doesn't usually provide any purpose. And so all you can look for is the struggle. And that's all that you, how you can find meaning in, thing, in an absurd world. So I actually wrote down that quote because I remembered it. it was, La lue d'elle-même vers le sommeil suffit à remplir un cœur d'homme, il faut imaginer ceci heureux, which means the struggle itself towards the pinnacle or the summits, that's enough to fill the heart of man. And so we need to imagine Sisyphus as happy. Camus' point is that Sisyphus is a really happy person because he knows that despite the absurdity of his punishment, the struggle itself is meaningful. The struggle is all that can be un understood. And so we can understand him as happy. That's what happiness is for Albert Camus. And so it should be for us when we talk about McDonald's monopoly. It's the struggle itself. It's that fight for that super rare piece, knowing it's unlikely to ever be mine, knowing that even when I go on the McDonald's monopoly boards, people are not gonna have the rare pieces that I'm looking for. They all have the pieces I do. It's a fight. It's a battle. But nevertheless, that's the meaningfulness of it. That's what makes it so fun is the hunt and the chase. And uh, I understand how hard it is. And notwithstanding, that hardness is why I love it so much. You could have just said, I'm Tim Andercast. I'm addicted to gambling. But the thing in gambling I'm addicted to is one that you can't win. That's making it the stupidest thing alive. Also, did you say, well, you're, on you did you say you're on message boards for McDonald's Monopoly? They exist. And you're on them. Like a trade. They're trades, right? Like for no, trading. But, but the pieces? problem is people go on there for two reasons. One is to gloat about some prize that they've won, which, you know, great, I guess. Uh, but would the other one is to... Would you go on to the no. message boards and gloat if you won? <laughs> Probably. But the other part is people who are looking for the rare pieces. Well, we're all looking for the rare pieces. Why would... If you got one of the really rare pieces and you knew it, and you were going to win a thousand or five thousand bucks if you were going to, if you get the two unrare ones, you would just go to McDonald's every day, three times a week, until you acquired those pieces and spent a few hundred bucks, and you'd be on on uh, to the good side of things. So why would anyone trade one of the good pieces when to people who don't have the good pieces? So it doesn't seem like that's going to work. I was I, more interested to see if there are certain strategies you can pick up or whatever. What would be the strategy? Well, like, are certain times of day better? Like, if you're using the why, app why, to get why would a certain time of day be better? To... 
When Rob said you don't understand what's going on, this is what he was talking about. Oh, I understand just how hard it is and just how it, unlikely one in one in a million, one in five million, one in 10 million, one in 50 million. Those are my odds. And that's what makes it so darn fun is that it's so unlikely. And if I were to hit it, my goodness, how excited. I almost thought I won today and how excited I was. Tell people, what, was happened. Tell people what happened when you thought you won. So I bought this morning some breakfast and I'm driving home and I, uh, I'm at a red light. So I rip off the, uh, the stickers to see how I did. And I got the RMHC, the Ronald McDonald Charity House for Alberta. And I was like, oh, my God, I know I don't have that. That's a rare piece. I just won a bunch of money. And so I was so excited. I dropped my egg McMuffin on the floor of my car and then had to throw out the English muffin part and hold the sausage and egg and cheese in my finger between my two fingers and then chew it and swallow it without being able to touch the English muffin because the English muffin touched the floor and I'm, I'm certainly not eating that. So then I get home and I'm, well, while I'm driving, I'm thinking about what's the tweet I'm going to send out? What's the like victory lap I'm going to take in the thread? Uh, I was very excited. Then I get home, I open up the board, I stick my sticker where it isn't. Well, there's a third HRMC, which I didn't know. That's not regular Monopoly that there were three of these, but there are three of these. I didn't realize it. And so it's not Alberta that I need. It's a different one that I need. And I was like, oh, man, I thought I hit big. But uh, I didn't hit big. But if I do hit big, my goodness, I'll be so excited. Okay, I have a few thoughts. One, I don't think this segment has saved the show yet, um, unfortunately. Two... You've just made it pretty clear. If you want to be a serious Monopoly player, like it's pretty much a $175, $200 cover charge to sort of get your board. Yeah, that, that, those, minus. Are those are the table stakes. Yeah, like so to enter like Tim's level, your cover charge, we'll call it 200, right? We'll call it 200 bucks is the yeah, cover sure. charge to play. I don't remember if this was revealed on the show or not, or he revealed this to us in real life, but he keeps his game board under his mattress. <laughs> I do. I keep it under my mattress only because I know it's always, that way I always know where it is. There's no risk of losing it. There's no risk of it being misplaced anywhere. It doesn't actually get jumbled up with garbage. You live by yourself. So it goes under the mattress so it never gets mistaken. Yes, that's where I keep it. Uh, Jeff, he also, all, oh no, also as a follow-up to that, when he goes to McDonald's, he steals more game boards so other people can't use them and use them for their pieces. I don't steal them. I make sure that there's a game board attached to the meal that I'm getting. And 95% of the time it's attached, but once in a while you have to ask for a game board. Just to make sure that, like, it's a it's a near it's a zero sum game. The fewer you game board circulation on Monopoly, but like, you don't even play your parlays. Well, I do. Do you? Yes, but like, we're show us about show Monopoly. us the ticket. Show us the bet you made on this one. We're talking about Monopoly here. Yeah, show us last, show us the receipt on last tickets. week's teaser. Let's see the win. I've shown you tickets in the past, and then you guys have laughed at me. Oh, you bet a golfer when he's leading after two rounds. Ha, ha, ha. You're a loser. Like that. Has that not happened? Of course it's happened. Yeah, but you won uh, this one. Show it to us. No, I'm not going to. So it never uh, happened. Okay, continue. I, I didn't say it did happen. I just said I usually bet them. Doesn't mean I bet them so, every so you, week. you can just uh, say I didn't bet it. This week I didn't. No, I, I'm not, I didn't say that I did. I didn't say that I did. It's probably why it won. <laughs> didn't bet it. Here's the thing. People who are like, oh, I don't understand what you're doing. We all have our silly, nonsensical, Sisyphean task 
where we know we're not going to win or succeed? Are you collecting stamps, knowing you're probably never going to get that super rare stamp or collecting coins, knowing it's very unlikely you get that super rare coin or whatever it is you like to do with your pastime. Uh, don't cast judgment on me just because I'm playing a game that I can win at. It's what I enjoy. I like it. It's a lot of fun to me. Like this year's slogan is the thrill of playing. And I get it. It, it perfectly encapsulates that experience for me. It's thrilling. Uh, you have your own thrills. You have your own things. You enjoy. That's fine. I don't cast judgments on that, but don't cast judgments on me. I will cast judgments on people like Jeff, who doesn't know how to eat at a Vegas uh, buffet and doesn't know good food at Tim Hortons at all just makes claims that are completely untrue. Before we get into this, because I, I feel like we've been over this in the past. Did you say you didn't eat, you dropped the egg McMuffin on like the floor of your car and you didn't pick it up and eat it? Like you had no five I second roll there? I didn't eat the English muffin part. I'm sorry, you dainty fuck, eat that. It's no, well, car. You, know you take one yeah, second, how, how, dirty, how dirty is your fucking car? Great question. A person is stepping and walking on things, and then their shoe—the soles of their shoes—are on the mats. What you, sorry, did you did you drop it on the pedal of the car? No. So I you dropped it on the part where you never put your foot. Of course you do when you're getting into the car and getting yourself situated. Hold, 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 hold on, hold on. I want to stand up here. So when you get into a car, this is the seat in the car, and you get in the door, you put two feet right next to the seat, sit down, and go like this. Do you? Is that how you get into a car? That's how you do it? Basically, you drag your foot along the ground of the mat. Jeff, have you ever gotten into a car that way? No, but I don't care. I would eat like, yeah, if you pick that thing up, one, two, three steamboats, like you're good, buddy. That's not how that works. That is not a thing. That thing is covered in nasty germs, and I will not eat it. Imagine McDonald's. You've already, like, accepted. You you know what? You want to eat floor English muffins? You go right ahead. You know, that's a country. I'm not doing that. I paid for it. I don't want to eat it. it. That once it touches the floor, it's no longer food for me. Yes, and this also goes into Tim's buffet take, Jeff, that he was talking about. That you know, you have to max out at a buffet to really get your money's worth. Which Tim is also buying food and throwing it in the trash at the same time. Which, which one is it? For- it's it's both. I was raised. I'm not wasting it. It's, it is trash once it hits the floor. It is trash. You, you were talking you about throw, you were talking about throwing out McDonald's last week, throwing food in the trash just to get the stickers in the compost, so it's being composted. And with, like when you just can't, it's like things like the fries or the hash brown. You just can't eat no more. I'm sorry. It just you can't. Maybe order less. Maybe this is all one and the then same. You don't thing. get the stickers. Then you don't get the stickers, uh, which is the whole point of going anyway. My problem was Jeff just has a different, just had a different upraising than I did. From being a little boy, I was raised when we went to an amusement park. We got there the second the amusement park opened, and we didn't leave till the second the amusement park closed. And the lesson was that you're supposed to get every single dime out of that experience. Well, I when I ate that. dinner at home, I had I was required to eat every single morsel on my plate. And if I really was full and couldn't eat it, then it would be put in the fridge, and I'd eat it again the next day. Because I was eating everything on that plate. I wasn't getting away with only eating some of my food. We went out to eat. Usually we went to places that had buffets. I was taught to either, if it's a buffet, you maximize and get every dime out of that meal you can. Or if you go to a fast food place, order off the dollar menu and maximize about. That's how I was raised. To, to, to live a plus EV life when it comes to these sorts of things. That is a minus EV life because you've eaten it's past the point. EV. No, it's not. Because you've eaten. This is the reason that. 
parents shouldn't tell kids things like that because it creates horrible dietary and eating habits, creates a very unhealthy relationship with food, and then it's basically gluttony. You're eating well past the point that you're actually full. Just eat until you're full. Then you're good to go. But it's a buffet. It's an all-you-can-eat buffet. That's fine. You don't have to. When you say all-you-can-eat, it's not so you sit there and then you can't move. You were telling Jeff about this in fucking Vegas. Jeff wants to go out and do things, not lay on the ground like a fucking whale for six hours. When I, when I went to Vegas, both times I've been to buffets in Vegas, I left when I was very uncomfortably full because That's I disgusting. knew. Disgusting. Why would you want? Disgusting. Why would you want to be uncomfortably full? Who likes because, that? No one. Because I have self-respect, and I am not leaving money it, it, on. You the know table. what? It no, sounds I like you have, have the opposite of self-respect. You have the. Uh, I have self-respect. I'm People the person. We're looking I'm at the me person, in the locked door buffet with huge eyes behind when I just kept grabbing things over and over again. I go to the buffet, and I know it's a negative EV move. But I enjoy the variety. I enjoy like getting um, a bit of everything instead of having to pick one entree. Like that's what I like out of the buffet. The last thing I want to do in Vegas is not like be incapacitated and need an electric scooter. Oh yeah, but look, man, like you go on the floor and the tables are all rigged for the house and the slots are all rigged for the house and everything's rigged for the, the only place in that whole GD casino where the odds are in your favor is at the buffet. It's in your hands. It's 45 bucks and there's prime rib and there's good meats and there's good cheeses. And you can go ahead and beat the house and feel good and proud about yourself that you got every dime out of that buffet. I'm only happy when I leave a buffet if I believe I've eaten at least as much as the money I've shelled out. I have that kind of self-respect. That yeah, I'm none. None. The answer is none. When you, you keep saying that, but you, you don't realize how ridiculous that sounds. It's how I, I was don't know. Raised. I would never. Yeah, hey, Tim. Tim, hey, Tim, if you were raised that way, that's fine. You're no longer eight years old. Okay, but you know what? Those lessons once learned. They're bad they, lessons. I don't know that they. They're are. horrible, the horrible, to... horrible lessons. It's a lesson about frugality and shrewdness. No, it's not. It's it's a lesson about gluttony. <laughs> It's, yeah. Well, it's not gluttonous if you're only doing it a couple of times a year. You if, go to Vegas. Uh, you, you but, but it's not just Vegas. You went to any buffet. You said you did that. Anytime we went to a buffet, yes. The goal was to eat more food than the money I spent. Absolutely. Yeah, that is right. Here's the thing. If you call that a plus EV move, it's not. Anytime that you go to a restaurant, it is a minus EV move because you could have got that food far cheaper, regardless of the restaurant, at home. So why not then maximize the only tool at your disposal, which is your ability to eat, to try to take the biggest bite out of that? I just don't understand. I don't understand the mindset. It's like, oh, I'm going to spend 50 bucks on a buffet and I'm going to get this cheap little croissant and a little spoonful of uh, eggs or whatever. And oh, but I always like variety, right? Like sometimes I hit on 16 against a seven against the house. And other times I stick against 16 with seven against the house because I just like variety. That's me. I just want to try everything. no. The goal is to win. But everything that you've <laughs> so, talked about no. in terms of winning is just you winning at either diabetes or heart disease. Oh, please stop saying that. It's about making you're sure. Eating, you're that... eating at McDonald's 1.5 times per day at the moment. You're talking about well, going to a buffet and eating so much you can't, you physically cannot move anymore. Like that's a real problem. Am I doing two a days at McDonald's right now? Yes, but it's for a purpose. 
And sometimes it's just coffees and DCs or milkshakes. Like it's nothing unhealthy. I'm not going for food. You, you, don't, think mil- you don't think milkshakes are unhealthy there, pal? Well, they're not as unhealthy as like the deep fried French fries. No, they, they, you're right. They're worse for you. You have pallets of DCs at home, yet you're rolling through Dukes to pick up a fountain DC. Because it has stickers. Yes. Did you not just hear me explain that I'm engaged in a Sisyphean task yeah, that makes me happy? No, like we said, you are addicted to both McDonald's and the lowest form of gambling possible. I'm not addicted to McDonald's. When the contest oh, really? is over, really? uh, I won't uh, go back Oh, really? Oh, really? Because a week ago, it was, I'm not even going to go. I can... Tim, couldn't you go the entire time at McDonald's Monopoly without going to McDonald's? Yeah, absolutely. Three hours into it, you've broken. Now you've been 13 times in seven days. Well, but you encouraged me to break when you said, well, if you're not going to make it, you might as well go from the start. So you're saying that I'm an enabler. You're blaming me for your problems. I'm not. First, I don't think it's a problem. Secondly, I'm not blaming anybody for anything. I'm saying that I've put in the legwork to get the board set. Week one is about setting the table. I've done that. The next three weeks are about, again, if you're in the monopoly business as I am, and you're trying to win, then I I put all the cards on the table the best I can. Now it's up to to chance and fate and dedication. Like I said to you, I know it sounds crazy, but I've been working so hard at at, at it this year. I feel like I'm going to win. Like I feel like I'm close. Like I can taste it. Like I'm Uh almost there. Maybe I won't. Maybe it'll be another letdown. Maybe I'm like Linus in the pumpkin patch waiting for the great pumpkin to appear. I don't know. But I'm willing to take that dare and try and try and try because I feel like if I get a winner, and it's funny thing is this year, most of the prize, I don't want any of those prizes. That's, that's, that's the funny thing. I want almost none of those prizes, but it's just I want to win. I'm a competitive person by nature. I like to win. Uh, and maybe that's where we're differing here. Well, you're a competitive person too, so I don't know why you would denigrate somebody's desire to win and get like credit for like winning like a big prize. You win a small prize. Like that person on Twitter who won the coffee. That that, that would be like saying, hey, I'm a very skillful person. Uh, I hit four out of six numbers in the lottery. Like what the fuck are you talking about? You're playing a game, a legitimate game of chance. You have no, you have the old, you, you have no effect on its outcome. Well, the only effect I have is a frequency with which I play. That is true, but the odds are so steep, and maybe you just don't understand numbers. That if I oh, went, no, I if, if I if I went once and played, I would still have almost mathematically the same amount of chance of winning as you do. Correct, but if I go twice, I still have double the chance. Yeah, if I but go but it's still times, so <laughs> insignificantly low that it's still about the same. Oh yeah, no no disputing that. It's in, like I said, it's one in a five million shot. Maybe it's more than that. And I'd have it no other way. We have yet to get to the highlight of Monopoly season, Pat, from a content perspective. When he starts going to other McDonald's when they run out? Yes. Later in the week where Tim's like staple McDonald's are now out of pieces and he's scouring the province for for board pieces. Yeah, if you don't think I will do that, you're very mistaken. That's exactly what I am going to do. And I don't just, I mean, I have a staple McDonald's, like a home field advantage. But I've been to several already since, just to shake things up. Yeah, you already have your itinerary planned for when, like, they're out of pieces. Yeah, like yesterday was a Canadian Thanksgiving. I volunteered to pick up my grandmother and drop her back off, just because that gave me an opportunity to get stickers on the way out and stickers on the way back. Oh, you got you went twice on Thanksgiving. 
Well, yeah, but I got coffees both times. Well, actually, I got a milkshake once and coffee the other time. How many calories do but you think a, are, are in a McDonald's? What size of on, a milkshake you get are you a milk, You got a milkshake on your way or after Thanksgiving dinner? On my way. Unbelievable. I wanted one. It, it was a strawberry one. It was a medium, so it wasn't that big. I bet you what, it's like 150 calories. Uh, in, a calories. Me, in, in a small chocolate shake from McDonald's. But this was not small. This was a medium strawberry. All right, so in a small chocolate shake from McDonald's, that has 530 calories. What? Oh, my God. It's fucking ice cream, Tim. 530? In a small. That, like, fruit flavored, it would be, like, less unhealthy for you fruit than, like, burger. <laughs> It was. It was strawberry. I thought if I of the three, strawberry is the healthiest. What do you think that is? What do you think strawberry. makes it strawberry, man? I assume they have like real strawberry juice in it or something. And I just figured, well, I'll get the fruit one because that's probably the least caloric. And I'll get a medium. The vanilla one is probably the least caloric. Uh, the vanilla one, a medium vanilla shake from McDonald's has 630 calories in it. What about strawberry? Uh, 720. What? Oh my god! Now I feel bad about myself. Before Thanksgiving dinner, yeah. Th- this Thanksgiving. this is what you feel bad about yourself for. Well, yes, you know, you I know what's going to get really healthy. pathetic when we do get to the end of all of this, and then last year someone told you that they allocate certain prizes for different provinces, and you leave the province to go to a different McDonald's. Maybe you'll hit up two different ones to go to McDonald's. That is going to be pathetic. We're not there yet, but yes, and I got coffee on the way back here, so I got to hit up McDonald's twice yesterday, and I hit different ones each time. And bro, if you want to send me fifty bucks, I'll eat McDonald's and hook you the pieces through the week here. Fifty dollars is not enough. Oh, you mean in addition to me also playing? Yeah, like you play, no. but I have Toronto locations, like middle of Toronto. It's a prime city, Brady. Yeah, but Cam made the point last week on the show, and he's right, and I hadn't, hadn't thought about that. Why, why would you say, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you say what it is, why do you assume he's right? It just seems like he would have his ear to the ground on these sorts of things. <laughs> that he was, that the bigger cities don't have the big prize winners. That the big prizes tend to come from smaller provinces and places, and so... Because like, do you really want the person winning the big Chevrolet to be in downtown Toronto? No, not really. You'd rather them not be in Toronto. So yeah, but I, how I, do you think people feel when Tim Too Rich wins a new GMC pickup? Which I don't even want, and I would just sell. You'd throw it in it. the garbage, just like his fries. No, no, I would. I would not do that. But like, <laughs> I, I'd sell it or whatever, or take the cash equivalent. Not anyway. Point being, and I don't know really where we're going with this, other than that this is the week. I don't know if people want an update on this every week till it's over or not, but this is sort of where we are right now. Well, we've now uh, we, we've now done two shows on this, and we've now gone, I think, like 25 yeah. minutes on this, and in an attempt to save this horrible show, but it didn't work. It just made it sadder, to be perfectly oh, honest. I also, don't forget after McDonald's, like, <laughs> uh, sorry, after Monopoly, when Tim thinks he's out of the woods... They usually run the two for five uh, Egg McMuffin promo. I know. So he goes right back in. So he's not, like like get get out he's not addicted. He's not addicted. <laughs> well, no, but the thing is, like, they start to put the two for five on. You're like, man, I've spending so much more for the last month. And, like, you sort of get the taste for McDonald's breakfast after a while. And you're like, so you get addicted eh, to well, it. Well, it's No, not an addiction. It's not an addiction. But, like, and again, I've told you, going to McDonald's in the morning is basically not even going. <laughs> it doesn't count. It's like calories. Cal- calories the, the at an doesn't count. Yeah, it's like calories at an that airport. Doesn't like count. 
The hash browns are very small. They very, very little calories in them. Oh the God. egg McMuffins what are you talking you... good for the egg McMuffins can't be good for you. There's probably more calories in the hash brown than the milkshake. No. no. The hash browns are. They're like they're potato, which is good for you. And the, I mean, potatoes aren't great for you to begin with, and they're fucking deep fried, Tim. Yeah, but they're very thin. Uh, how many calories do you think are in a McDonald's hash brown? 180. Yeah, you are. It's 160, actually. There you go. Actually, actually no, that's sorry. Actually, I, actually I'm sorry. That, that's that's wrong. It's 262. Okay, so that's a bit steeper than I thought. Remember when I you said you were going to try to be around like 2,000 calories a day? It doesn't seem like you're achieving that. But these are the only things I'm eating. That all you're eating is, so you're getting zero nutrients. You're just eating at McDonald's these days. Well, yesterday, no, because it was Thanksgiving. But other than that, it's mostly just been McDonald's most days. Oh, my God. You're going to you might. Oh, get, I'm still, I'm you still might, well under the 2,000 a day mark. I don't know. I mean, if you're eating hash browns and milkshakes, that's basically there. I had one milkshake because I thought I was actually making the healthy choice. Now so you, so, like, so what you're saying is that like you're, you're shooting for 2,000 calories a day when you measure calories by what you think are calories. Yeah, this is like we had that chat about the pumpkin spice hummus that I bought where I tried to scoop out what I thought was 50 grams. Then yeah. you asked me how I and knew it, it was that, and I, but I eyeballed it. Yeah, and you probably put in like 250. Well, I, I don't know. It seemed like it was 50 grams. How would you know what 50 grams of hummus is? Well, I mean, 50 grams of anything should weigh about the same. Yes, I agree with you on that, but just the way that that is distributed would be completely different compared to something that was denser. I, you're right. I, I how hold on. Three, how many graduate degrees do you have again? I have two graduate degrees and an undergraduate degree. And you can't figure this out? Is this not a part of the not curriculum? That I, not that I can't figure it out. It's just I like you to don't trust want to. My you instincts. want you want to live your truth because you don't want to know the fucking answer. No, I just I trust my instincts. I, I they very rarely steer me wrong. Oh my god, do you really believe that? Sure, I, if I did not believe that, I. Of course, I don't know if everybody trusts their instincts. I don't know if everyone does. You shouldn't. Bad instincts. No, I have good instincts. I trust Je myself. Jeff, you you weigh in on this. You be the deciding vote. Good instincts or bad instincts? Bad. You got to be like George. Just do the opposite. No, I can't do that. I have to follow what I believe is true. You have to live your truth. And we, and we, you know what? We commend you on this show for living your truth, Tim. Congratulations. I, I don't live my truth, but let's put a pin in Jeff. Then we'll talk about it. It's kind of every, but let's put a, a pin in Jeff slandering Tim Hortons without a, talking. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Because I, I want to confront that later on. Because that no, was no one cares about that. Everyone, besides you, everyone agrees yeah. about Tim Hortons. People only go to Tim Hortons because it's fucking convenient. And they're As everywhere. All said on Twitter. Jeff woke up this morning and chose it's a food violence. dump. No, it's not. So you don't know what you're talking about. Food it's dump. a beloved people think, coffee. People that think that they're sheep. People think that they're sheep on this partisan politics and all this bullshit on U.S. cable news. No, the sheep are people that are in line at that food dump daily at the, the door. The coffee is distinctive and it disgusting, is nostalgic, and it's delicious. I love it. There's even though it's not, it's not the best coffee in the world. There's something about it that when you drink it, like I said, that the sense of nostalgia comes flooding back. So, it's, into so you're it. admitting that it's not good. Well, I'm not saying it's not good. I'm, is it the it's best not, coffee on earth? No, it's not good. I make better coffee. Do I make better coffee in my French press? Yes, I do. But am I do? Am I saying 
that it's not delicious and that I don't love it. Of course it's delicious. Of course I love it. Okay. And so make some, and, uh, so I, 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 can't, I don't know. I can't remember if I threw this out like 20 minutes ago now because my mind is being just ravaged by all of this insanity or if I asked you this before. What food don't you fucking like that you don't think is the best? Everything is the oh, best according one. to you. No, there's foods I don't care for. Zucchini? I don't eat... I'm actually... You've mocked me before being a picky eater. Like, I don't like tomatoes. I don't like raw onions. I don't like milk on its own, usually. You gotta shake that shit up, then you're all over it. Yeah. Uh, I don't like mushrooms. I don't like ketchup. Uh, I don't like olives. So there's a lot of vegetables you don't like, it sounds like. Oh, I love dark green vegetables like broccoli and Brussels sprouts and uh, uh, spinach and kale. Like, I like all those things, uh, but I, I, there's other things I just don't care for. All right. You may want to mix a few of those into your diet here if you're only eating McDonald's every day is all I'm saying to you. Well, this is why they should have it on this. And I've said this, these stick, they should have these stickers on the salads. And on the yogurt parfaits and on the yeah, oatmeal. Yeah, they, they don't get breakfast. you hooked on that stuff. But I would buy that stuff too. And like those of us who are hardcore go in and like that person that Jeff saw on Twitter, who that person had got $50 worth of food also on day one at McDonald's. Like those of us who are two a days spending decent coin to try to win this thing, it'd be nice if you gave us some healthy options as well to win with. Uh, it's not like you're making less money. I'll buy your $7 apple pecan salad i'll buy your four dollar and fifty cent tiny cup of oatmeal and apple i don't care i just want the stickers but give me some options for some cheaper stuff or sorry so healthier stuff please i beg of you I'm trying to say oh, there we go so you get your caesar salad there you go you can get that is that not yeah, have... they don't, i don't think they have caesar salad but they have salads there and i would happily happily buy some salads if they had stickers in fact, if anything, if they want to lean into this new, uh, you know, the new age health food eating and whatever, put double stickers on this. Yeah, McDonald's doesn't really care about that. They just need the optics of caring about that because they know the the regulars like you, they're going to get the worst stuff. Well, but I don't want to. They're making me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament out of the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com slash Mayo now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED. All from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com Mayo and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash Mayo now to get 15% off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash Mayo. Get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment. Let's get back to football. Arizona and oh. Cleveland are up next. Cleveland's favored by two and a half points here against the undefeated Cardinals. 50 and a half is the over-under. Jeff, or, or it was three, and now it's... Or is it, I it's guess still it's three. three. It's three. It's still three. It was down to two and a half for a bit. Now it's gone back to three. Jeff, are you surprised that the Browns are favored by three in this game? Um, A little 
bit, but I guess there's still questions about the Cardinals. I was really impressed, even though it didn't seem like a difficult game um, from the Cardinals and getting that win last week. It's that it's that Brown injury report, though. I guess that would surprise me. They're laying these points. They seem to be really banged up. They were really deep into their depth in that Charger game. I promise you, Brown fans, I think you guys are great. It's a balanced team. It's a difficult team. I acknowledge I got a call from a ref. I acknowledge that you guys were deep into your depth. I'm still not apologizing for winning, uh, but give me the Browns here in the bounce back. Browns on the bounce back. I'm also going with the Browns too. I just think Chubb and Hunt present too much of a problem. And after coming out hot out of the gate, Kyler's only thrown three touchdowns the last three weeks. Like the offense is looking kind of stagnant at the moment. Now they did play the Rams and they did play the Niners. And I don't think the Browns defense is up to those teams, but the pass rush is still quite good. And we know that Arizona can have some problems blocking and Kyler doesn't have a rush over, I think 20 yards so far this year. And you just think about that as such a huge element of his game that he's not breaking any of these big ones. Just feels like the the week where Arizona finally gets caught and they go down here and Cleveland covers the three. Although when I did see it go to minus two and a half, that leads me to believe that you might be able to find a minus two and a half later on in the week, Tim. Totally. I will be on Arizona like most of the squares, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, the simplest way to look at it is you have Connor Murray versus Baker Mayfield. Uh, it's not quite a no contest, but it's a decisive tilt in the direction of Kyler Murray. Uh, and that, that in and of itself should be enough to take points in this game. The Browns have, you know, have played good football, but like they've also been sloppy and I still haven't got a solid read on them. And Arizona has passed every test they faced with flying collars. And so at some point now after five games, I have to stop doubting since they've got five wins and start saying, okay, it's time to back you for a little bit as you continue to, uh, to do well. I mean, look, I picked the Rams to win the Super Bowl in the NFC West and with Seattle falling apart without uh, Wilson and with the Niners having terrible injuries like that, things are trying to break the Rams way, but Arizona stands in their, in their path. And so it's really just going to be the cards perhaps and the Rams down the stretch and the cards beat them there two weeks ago. So I, I have tremendous respect for what Arizona is doing. I, I don't have a ton of respect for this Browns team in the same sense. So give me Arizona. So Tim's on Arizona Island here. Even the coin is going with Cleveland in this one. Oh, here's something that's fun. Raiders at Denver. This is now back on the board after Gruden resigned as head coach. And the one guy, when we were speculating on who would be the new yes. coach, it was the one guy that none of us had ever heard of ended up becoming the coach. So cable guy doesn't get a chance to like go knock out some players as a head coach again. Smelly Marinelli. They didn't give it to him. But Denver, this went from three to four. That was it. It seems like a lot for a pretty tumultuous week. Like I thought it would have went up by more. Maybe I'm dead wrong on that. 44 is the over-under. Is this a situation where the Raiders rally around what's going on and rally around their new coach? Or is it just they're in complete shambles and they're just not, they're just going to no-show this game? Those are the only two options available. Either the Raiders rally around the flag uh, to protect the Citadel and win this game, uh, or they just have absolutely nothing and lose like 28 to nothing. I have no idea which way it's going to go, so I wouldn't bet this. But I have to pick for the show, so I'll pick Denver. I would imagine, Jeff, that Denver is going to end up becoming one of the most popular picks this week because of this. And the fact that the spread hasn't moved all that much kind of would worry me if I had Denver. I would agree um, to that sense. That being said, I probably would have leaned Denver before the firing 
and you said I have to only lay an extra point after it. And I think the cluster expletive is worth more than a point. So not a game I'm running to bet. And you make a great point that that line, you know, for the amount of money that's probably flooded in, the line really hasn't moved. But I'm going to take Denver here. But don't underestimate how proud the players who are professional athletes are on the Las Vegas Raiders who are going to want to make a show of force in this game against their arch of arch rivals, uh, the Denver Broncos. And so don't be shocked whatsoever if the Raiders find it within themselves. Sort of the way, you know, Jeff, you talk about you love having a team with that backup QB in the first game. That same same type of emotionality could be at play here for the Raiders. So yeah, I, my advice is just to avoid this game if I, you don't have to play it. I actually like Vegas in this game plus four. I think we're going to get a better right. number, maybe four and a half, maybe five by the time kickoff comes. I think they could even win this game outright. So I, I like Vegas a lot here. Uh, and I, I will be take, I will be taking them plus four. I mean, I, I don't know how much you guys want to talk about this Gruden thing. It's probably best that we you know, this isn't this is probably the right uh, show or platform to be going into this, especially based on what it is. But Tim, you and I were oh, I've talked to a bunch of people so far, and some people are just like, yeah, get rid of him. Other people are like, I can't believe he got canned for stuff that he wrote in an email. I think it boils down to this, and this is what I want to say about it when it comes to quote unquote cancel culture. As I told Paul earlier when we were talking about it, is that the guy at the bottom of my street doing construction, turning the stop and slow sign, he can write this shit in his email. He's going to keep his job because no one fucking cares. When you're John Gruden, you're being paid a hundred million dollars. You're the basically the face of an NFL franchise and they don't want to alienate business. You're going to be fucking fired. That's just how it works. And that's how it's going to work when you run a business this large. Like it's, it's not the same standard for every single person, which is probably incorrect, but that's just the way that this is going to work. And it's pretty shocking. I mean, it's not shocking in the slightest that when it was just racist comments, nothing was probably going to be done. But when it became misogynistic and homophobic, that's when they really had to come in and go after Gruden, which I think should be pretty telling if you're running the NFL right now. I think every point you made it is, is completely correct. Well, that probably means I'm on the wrong side of this then, doesn't it? No, I agree with you completely. Uh, Gruden had to go. Like he didn't commit a crime. He's not going to jail. Yeah, he just but, can't be the coach of the Raiders anymore. And but also, let's head coach like and general clear. manager in, in essentially of the Raiders, and he cannot. You just it doesn't matter what year it was. You cannot be publicly expressing. You shouldn't even be thinking uh, these things. But you certainly can't be publicly expressing these sorts of terrible things. He's got an NFL team which is diverse, an NFL team with an openly gay player on it. You cannot have him as the face of a franchise, having written these sorts of terrible emails. I'm sorry. He had to go. He knew he had to go. Uh, and and via condio, see you later. I, I, I am happy to see him gone. It was the right, it was the right thing to do for him to be gone. Yeah, horrific comments. Gone. Exactly. Terrible comments. Gone. Unacceptable. Like, totally unacceptable. Even type that. I, I don't even know, you know, just disgusting. Gone. I, I didn't, there's nothing else else to it. Get him out of here. It makes you. I am now interested, though, as like a fan of the league, of the minutia of the league, all the backstories. You know, even lawsuits as boring as the St. Louis versus the NFL stuff that still goes on. But this all came from that Washington discovery situation, which in itself is horrific and disgusting. And that's all very weird that. You know, all right, but Bruce, I mean, don't get me wrong. Bruce Allen, based on what it said that he did in Washington, is a bigger scumbag than John Gruden is. 100%. The league seems to be full of 
very uh, people with very poor character. Yeah, if you think it, if you think it's poor. isolated to these two guys, you're completely fucking wrong. It is not. It, it most certainly is not. But when it comes to like anything that you write in an email, like that shit can go public at any time. Don't think that that's not going public. You're you you mean to say it in private, but if you say it in private and you put it on the internet somewhere, shit's gonna get out someday. It just really is. So that's right. So that's that don't, line don't be, from Romeo and Juliet, right? The truth will out. The truth will out. And and sunlight's the best disinfectant for these things, right? Yeah. Uh, it's good that we're learning this because it shows us that people like this had too much authority and power, and they need and they need to go. All right, Dallas at New England. <laughs> Uh, New England is a four-point dog at home. 50 and a half is the over-under. I am the squarest person on earth, but I don't understand how this line isn't like minus eight. Cowboys, 100%. I'm just tailing you there. I, it's kind of for the purposes of picking for this show, you don't want to sort of compare A to B, but I don't know. that They look so bad against Houston. Dallas, I just think they they, they present too much of a challenge and their ability to keep teams off balance and sure new England will possess the ball and drive the ball and Dallas's defense might show some signs of regression, but they just move the ball and score too easily. I think the spread is too small. And when we discussed New England last week, when they were minus nine on the show, that was before it came out that they were going to be down for offensive linemen, which uh, never really a great thing. And we know that Dallas is getting pressure on the quarterback anyway and still being down so many offensive linemen. Like, <laughs> I, I have real money on – I bet real, real money on this game on Monday. And I do feel like I'm on the squarest – like, you talk about it's like square sides, publicly backed dogs. It does feel to me like Dallas is going to be the most bet on team this week. And that Why can't this game be like the Tampa game? Tampa's got a better offense than Dallas, and Tampa won by three. Tom Brady at night, man. You you just went over it. The Bucks and Prime Time. Is, is, is that the argument? Okay, like fair enough. But like that, I, that's to me an instance where you I could prove to you that the Dallas Cowboys might not cover this number. Listen, I'm not I'm not guaranteeing you that they're going to cover this number. It's just I feel like the spread should be double what it is. So I'm going to pounce on that. I get it. I'll take Dallas though. I think Dallas. Or, or sorry, I'll take New England. I, I think the Patriots have a decent chance to win this game. What, can you give me the case besides they almost they almost beat Tampa Bay two weeks ago? I think their defense at home can play well. I think that obviously Belichick is a genius when it comes to defensive schemes. I think Mac will not make any big mistakes. I think the Patriots, I mean, I watched the Patriots do a good job stopping the run against uh, the Jets. I've watched them. I think the Patriots <laughs> have their, pro stop it, stop it. The, the Patriots have uh, some skill that is overlooked. I think they keep it really close. And I think the Patriots have a chance to win this game. Uh, I like the Patriots here. I picked him to win the division. I'm not giving up on the New England Patriots yet. No siree. Well, he, he's at least he's he cursed my poor Morikawa, Jeff, but he's really, really like hammering down this Patriots curse. So for everyone who hates New England out there, you should be giving Tim credit for the fact that he continues to pick New England every single week. Uh, so round to Dallas, except for Tim, who is on the Patriots. Seattle and Pittsburgh in Sunday Night Football. Pittsburgh's favored mm -hmm. by five points. They just signed Anthony Miller as we started this show to replace Juju Smith-Schuster, who unsurprisingly is on Tim's fantasy team and is now out for the season. Uh, it doesn't seem like James Washington is going to play either. The, the trickier part is uh, Russell Wilson, that guy. He's not playing either. And Tim's old boy, Geno Picks, is back. He's back in what is a, a great Super Bowl rematch. I think Seattle... John Perry screwed them over game. I, Levy. Bill Levy, I believe. 
I don't think that Seattle necessarily outright wins this game, but I certainly like them to cover the five points here against a Pittsburgh team that still isn't all that good. They beat, ah, Pittsburgh they, looked very confident last week. Yeah, they they beat a real dizzy Teddy Bridgewater, and they still almost lost the game. Yeah, I like the Steelers here. Of course you do. Sorry. No, no, no one in the world is betting on Seattle this week. Well, I just can't pick Geno Smith. I'm sorry. I can't. I've seen it too many times. And uh feel like he'll play well. He'll play well and play well. And then the bottom will fall out. So give me the Steelers. Jeffrey? In a game that, that people will not be watching. <laughs> oh, people, it'll still be the highest rated thing on TV this Bro. week. You think over yeah. the ALCS or NLCS that'll be on? Yes. 100%. Yes. Okay. You realize football is popular and baseball is not, right? I know, but you're going to have the Red Sox. I, I, or the I, I know. I think that the popular thing will be less popular than the not popular thing. That makes a lot okay, of sense. Okay, fine, fine. All right. You win. Okay, so this is just almost has to come in by default, but I swear to you, I was so prepared to pivot. Seattle, I still have to give credit as a good team. They're going into a game with the backup. Here's the problem. We've spoken about it for years. Like, for a good team that we're qu- quantifying Seattle as, this is a team that's had so many problems in so many different areas that Russell Wilson just made everything right. So, could this sort of look like potentially? Remember when Rodgers got hurt from the Vikings a couple of years ago and had to miss a lot of time? And then all of a sudden, the Packers just look like those Browns teams that win two games. Like, could we get there or there's too much talent for that? Well, look, I mean, on the bright side for Seattle, if that happens, they can restock with that first overall pick they're going to have. Oh, wait, they don't have that. New York. I saw the Eagles could have three top 10 picks right now. Yeah. The Eagles and Jets are sitting in a nice, the Eagles and Jets could have one half of the first 10 picks in the draft. That'd be wild, but good for you guys. So default, I'm taking the Seahawks, but this is a situation where I think we could see what we saw from the Packers a couple years ago where Rodgers got hurt, and it's literally just now although every hole that you're that the drafting and the personnel failed to to fill will be fully exposed. Well, Seahawks though. Who who is it? I I I keep forgetting what the guy's name is. But Tim, we watch this Denver Pittsburgh game pretty tough. If forty five on Denver's defense just catches one of the three passes Ben Roethlisberger threw to him for a pick six, the game's completely different. Like Ben tried to throw the game away, and Denver wouldn't do itself any favors. Nope that that all of that is very well said. The Steelers have a ton of problems too, but I just can't stand with Geno Smith. I'm sorry, he's just not good. Monday night football, back-to-back primetime games for the number one power-ranked team consensus. The Buffalo Bills on the road at Les Titans, favored by five and a half points. 40-54 is the over-under. Titans won this game on a Tuesday night last year, if you recall. Yeah, Henry gave a big stiff arm. Yes, and I went. It's, that's the first thing I that I had mentioned to Paul too. Then I went back and looked at it. Nineteen rushes for fifty-five yards for Derrick Henry in that game. So he didn't need to run much, and they still destroyed Buffalo. Is what you're saying? They just went play action <clears throat> over the top, and Buffalo sold out to stop Derrick Henry, and that was the end of it. 
I love the Titans so much this week. Oh, Paul. Oh, but you, you just got an audible yes from the background. Like, we look at super locks. The Titans are on the very short list. They should – I mean, the, everyone thinks the Bills are high-flying and amazing. And they, they play good football. They beat one good team. They, they beat three bad teams. And they play terribly against another mediocre team. But they're the greatest team since the 85 Bears, I guess. They're the greatest show on turf. Uh, the St. Louis Rams haven't got anything. Uh, and Kurt Warner's got nothing on the Buffalo Bill, so I've been told. Uh, Tennessee's just well, a hold tough on. Who, who, is, who has said anything like this? That's a, give me one. Per, give me one fucking person. <laughs> if you go on Bill's Reddit, give people me. Are five oh, really? So Bill's Reddit is your source for this? Anyway, let me just say that I think the Titans have the exact game plan you need for the Bills: run the ball, ball control, effective play action playmakers with brown and if julio comes back julio jones he's quarterback not who he is unlikely to play this week okay well you still have ag brown a quarterback who's unlikely to make big mistakes and uh you know josh allen who is uh everybody's toast of the town and i just think yeah everyone's super excited and hyped and the, and the whole world will be on the buffalo bills and the tennessee titans will uh will beat them i like the titans here quite a bit I'm thinking about super locking this one in, Jeff. The Bills. Well, I certainly the, won't. The, the Bills by double digits in this game. Tennessee's not good. They have no defense. They're not healthy. And as Paul has pointed out, and you saw it in that Kansas City game, they only need to rush four to get into the backfield now. And Tennessee can't block anyway. So that's a real problem that they might even try to let Derrick Henry run as much as possible, a lot like the Jets tried to do, where it was like, hey, Ryan Tannehill, go beat us. We're going we're gonna to put Tredavious White on A.J. Brown, use the rest of these scrubs to try and beat us. Oh, and here's the other thing. You also play no defense. That's going to be a problem. Paul is going to hate McNichols so much. <laughs> just hate him, as I do. The guy ruined dreams in that game. I'm sorry, the Bills are just, this is a classic letdown. So much of an emotional high after that big Sunday night football win. And uh, now favored on the road against a playoff team. Uh, yeah, good luck. They're, they're going to lose the ball game. Uh, the Titans squeaked by the Colts at home. They got blown out by the Cardinals at home, and they lost to the oh, – that game wasn't at home. The game they lost to the Jets. That was, that was in New York? I thought that game was yes, in – Yes, that was in Gotham, and then they Tennessee. went ahead and beat Jacksonville pretty comfortably. Yeah, and Jacksonville's the worst team in football. Now they're playing Agreed. potentially the best team in football. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Then take the bills. I am like, taking I the think bills. I just, I, I, ju like I just, Titans. I just told you I'm taking the bills. I think the Titans should bully them. I think the bills are a bit of a paper tiger. Where are you going, Jeff? Oh, whoa. <laughs> That's a little uncalled shot at the bills on the way out. They're a little soft. I'm sorry. They're Hold more on. razzle and dazzle, more so, steak, more sizzle like than thick. We're, we're at the end of the line here. I don't know that it's been my best performance, our best performance. My body hurts. My face hurts. Look, there's, there's, we, do, we do 22 of these shows. There's like four bad ones a year. This is one of them. Yeah. I understand like hating on the fact of like Squarey McSquarrington, Dallas, Buffalo. Uh, I, I, I get it. And I get like Tim's point of like, the NFL betting on the NFL casinos have literally made a living on this exact game. This high flying team early in the season beats their nemesis and prime time. Then they get another prime time game and everyone would want to bet on them. They're unstoppable. Like I get Tim's like sort of blind NFL logic to just, no, this is, this is an inflated number. There's just, 
the way they're being spoken about, like they're good, but they're not that. So like, I totally get what Tim's saying. And maybe by Monday I could feel that way, but Pat just said the Tennessee injuries. Like I remember that Tuesday game, Dayball was scheming guys wide open. Allen just, it was a really bad game for Allen. Maybe his worst, like in the last year and a half. I mean it. Uh, missing guys wide open all night because they will scheme them open. And yeah, Tennessee, I don't know how they start even at home in prime time. Like Dable and Allen are gonna just put up a 38 burger. Well, I mean, it's true. I mean, Buffalo's never had any bad luck in Nashville before, right? Hey, the, the Bills last two years have been exercising the demons of this century is essentially what it's come down to. Just everything that bad that has happened to them between their last Super Bowl appearance and the last two years, they're, they're starting to get rid of all that stuff. They're overcoming it. Maybe someday... And, that and I'll tell you... Go ahead. Sorry, I hadn't done that. That's okay. If you I actually have something know. to say, I, I, mean, I would like to hear it. Well, I was just saying, they're so good that I'm worried Allen winning MVP is going to squash my McDermott Coach of the Year bets. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Let's see. Sorry, I remain completely unconvinced about this Buffalo Bills. The Titans lost to the Jets two weeks ago. I know that. Thank you. Like, you're right. The line doesn't feel high enough. Maybe by Sunday it's, like, huge. I, I don't, Or Monday after... You know, who's going to want a piece of it? Or maybe people are just like, oh, no, listen, the home. line is only going. If the line doesn't go up, that tells you the books have taken an opinion. Oh, I agree. Tennessee. I agree. I would and not. I'm sure the books be... are going to need the Titans for their lives. Yeah. And I you're right. And I would maybe come Monday just want to side with with um with the house. But I don't know. I can't sit here and say with the health of Buffalo, even a healthy Tennessee defense, healthy Tennessee. I don't care. Now, good luck to the Bills. They're going to need it. Trying to see here. What was the other game that you really liked? It was the Colts. So you had Miami. No, I didn't like that one. I was just trying to see, like, if you if you played, so you got your bunny line parlay up to three forty three. Correct. Yeah, if you just went like Bills Dallas, now you're at plus one ten already. I'm surprised those two teams aren't on it. Because I think both of those teams have a real chance to lose. Okay, good. All right, I might have to play in that parlay as well. Maybe I'll throw the Chargers on there at plus 140. What does that pay? Oh, now we're at 4-1, to one, plus 405. Jeff, how are you feeling about that? Let's do it. That Chargers-Ravens tie will do, will crush your dreams. <laughs> Just ended, ended a draw. Uh, tie is not an option for this, so I think that would actually be a push for that game. Yeah, I think it would be, yeah. Because I'm not betting it the three-way. I'm just betting it the two-way. Anyway, let's uh, get to Super Locks then. Super Lock for the week. Tim, you're one in four currently. Can you get off the schneid? We shall see. Give me the Titans plus five and a half. Tennessee plus five and a half. Jeff, where are you going with your Super Lock? Well, I guess because it made such a embarrassing bit let's just ride it to the wall here carolina carolina, carolina plus <laughs> uh i am going to go screw it I, i'll be a i'll be a chalk donkey i'm gonna take dallas minus four on the road didn't figure that's where you were going it was that or buffalo or the yeah, chargers those were my three favorite games of the week survivor picks tim you don't get to pick so, Jeff, you used New England last week, and I used the Buccaneers. So this week, I guess the short list is – actually, I can bring up who we've used already, too. We've, we've used the – Indy. 
you're going to take Indy? Yeah. Oh, I don't. I mean, that's the obvious choice being nine and a half point favorites at home. We've both used the Rams already. I, I don't trust Indy at all. Do you really trust Indy? No, but I trust them a lot more than the, even the tough, like other games. Like, I don't want to do the Packers like the cheat. Like, no. So it's Indy. It's Indy. It's default. All right. I'll go with you on Indy. Don't like it. Very bad feeling about that. Jeff. But like, what would your next choice be? Like, just out of curiosity. Well, I've used Tampa. I've used the Rams and I've used Buffalo. I can't use those. It would maybe be Dallas. Maybe can't. I haven't used Kansas City. Kansas City. Use the Rams Washington. Oh, I've, I, yeah, yeah, we Kansas. all use, we all use the Rams week one. Okay. Yeah, it would be yeah, Kansas. No other team. Kansas City would be the only team, really. Yeah, I would say that's... Uh, you know what? I'm going to change. I'm going to change to Kansas City. I just I don't want to take Indianapolis. They're the team that scumbagged you last year in Survivor, losing to Jacksonville in week one. It's true. That it's is true. Just the very untrustworthy Colts. Just uh, keep me away from them. I'll take Kansas City. I feel like man, if they can't beat Washington, they got real problems. Um, they, they got bigger problems than I do than being eliminated from Survivor this year. All right, Tim, hit him with the money line parlay. The money line parlay for the people is the Dolphins, Rams, Chiefs, Packers, Colts. Bet the house win 3.43 houses. No Indianapolis. Oh, there is Indianapolis. Oh, he's on the. There you go. I know he has Kansas City on there too. So one of these two is losing, and that's how he's going to break up that money line parlay. So two of the last five weeks have given the people a winner. Two and four for the year. 11 and 88 lifetime. You are marginally up so far this year, though. So you're up money, even though you just admitted you didn't bet it. So you're actually down money from the ones that you bet then didn't bet the ones that you won. So you, you should probably let the people know if you're betting this one this week. Look, look, people, we can't lose this one. Let's go. All right. So Tim is not going to bet it. So that means it's probably going to win based on what that was. Jeff, did you see the new Bond movie yet? No, but I'm going to. In theaters. Yeah, uh, Tim and I went on Saturday evening. We had a date, and we went to the new James Bond movie. Did Tim curse it? Uh, it's okay. It's good. Like that, it, that, That's my five, review? Yeah, of the five Daniel Craig movies, it's third best. I would agree it, with that, it, take. Yeah, like, the definitive ranking would go Skyfall, Casino Royale, Gap, uh, No Time to Die, Gap, Quantum of Solace, Spectre. That's the five, the way I'd rank them. Uh, Randy Malick's the worst part of the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, he's not a convincing villain, in my opinion. But it's really cool. And like Pat was pointing out a couple of times where things were being done all in one shot. And it looked really awesome. And the plot is a bit overcomplicated, but it's Bond, so that'll happen. But it's good. It's well worth your time. It was fun to be back in the movie theater, and it was a it was an enjoyable watch. Yeah, I hadn't been to a theater in like two years. Uh, I really enjoy going to the theater, so I actually had a good time watching the movie. It's a fun. Listen, you're gonna go, you're gonna enjoy it. It's James Bond. Like even the bad ones, you enjoy in the theater because the spectacle of the entire thing. It's made for an IMAX type screen at this point, and Kerry Fukunaga just he delivers amazing visuals. But Tim's right. All Rami Malek is doing is a bad Javier Bardem in this movie. Uh, it's not compelling whatsoever. And I found that the first hour of the movie was the movie I wanted to see. And, and he's barely in it for the first half of the movie. I mean, like, basically the entire time of them going up through Cuba. Like, the Cuba yeah, scene is great. by far the most, like, that felt like Bond to me. 
Like he, it's Bond. He's having drinks. He's spitting one-liners. He's having fun. There's good sexual tension. There's a lot of explosions going on. Great fight sequences. Like that was a fun fight scene. The one at yes. the end is also an awesome fight scene, but for completely different reasons because it's so visceral and so savage. But the movie gets really self-serious in the last two hours, and it's just that's not what I want from Bond. I want Bond to be pulpy. I want Bond to be fun. And maybe it depends on which Bond that you like the best. Like I love Connery, and the Connery Bonds are just moronic and stupid but that's part of the charm of them but i mean i love roger moore and it's the same way and you killed him no i didn't <laughs> well we remember that it won a custody award your murder of but roger you said moore. i did that to sean connery too you did that also won a custody award <laughs> whatever like anyway i i, I like the movie uh, we as people know on this show we are bond fans it's uh these movies are so much better than the for your eyes only and beautiful kill days like it's like they're night and day. So what you're saying is that they're so much better than those Roger Moore movies? Well, the late Roger Moore movies were not that good. But like The Spy Who Loved Me and Live and Let Die, like those are those are good movies. Live and like, Let Die, know, Live and Roger. Let Die is insane, by the way. Is an insane So is Moonraker, movie. but I love Moonraker. Moon, Moonraker is the worst like is well established as the worst Bond movie. Oh, Octopussy is so much worse than Moonraker. It's not, it's not, not even Moonraker. close. He goes to fucking space. That's what, but again, that's pulpy and fun. And no, Jaws is in it. That, Barbara Bach is in it. And it's a good movie. The, I like Moonraker. The, I don't care. The, I, that, the collection of Roger Moore bonds are god awful and probably should never be watched. It's probably the easiest. That's way not to get true. Some of them are good. Some of them are terrible. But again, Bond is what you like him to be fun and affable and uh, unserious and debonair. Yeah, and, but like, uh, like you said, it's very clear what's going on with Roger Moore in these movies. What was the story that you told me that some days that you know, there's a reason that you see that the shots of Bond are just walking down weird hallways because he's too drunk to film anything? That's what I had heard. Yeah, that he, he used to have very long lunches and drink lots of wine and uh, his corset was tight. That's what I had heard. But I mean, I, Roger Moore's a Roger Moore is just as much James Bond to me as anybody else. He played Bond more than any other actor. He is, you know, forever linked to James Bond. And like I said, some of those movies, The Spy Who Loved Me, first amongst them, is a top-tier Bond movie. So the spy, put it this way, The Spy Who Loved Me is the best Roger Moore one. And if you were to like power rank all of the Bond movies, it's probably like eighth best. Yes, uh, maybe a little touch higher, but you're right. Like it, I think it, it's not it, like The Spy Who Loved Me is basically as good as the two Dalton movies. Yes, I would say better than both, but yes, they're in the same stratosphere. Yeah, which yeah. are like good, but not great Bond movies. Yeah, no, that's right. I, I think that's right. And there's like the worst ones are all the more ones, except for Spectre and, in my opinion, Quantum of Solace, which they're uh, both unwatchable. I, I don't think they're unwatchable. Spe Spectre is the worst of the Daniel Craig. Movies. Oh, Spectre is terrible. Yeah. But I think that this one is closer to those right. ones than Skyfall and Casino Royale, which are legitimately excellent. I agree. I, I said, I think it's right smack in the middle between them. Uh, the gap is larger between Skyfall and Casino Royale than it is between uh, Quantum of Solace and Spectre. But yeah, fair, fair enough. So Jeff, did we do a good job of talking about this without spoiling it for you? Yes, I'm going to see it uh, this week. And I loved Skyfall. That would be my favorite. Oh, who did Daniel Craig. Who did Oh, yeah. So, Skyfall. That's the top three Bond movie. Well, like, like we were, would it be... Maybe two or three. Like after Goldfinger and maybe Diamonds Are Forever, like it's number three. Oh no. Goldfinger's number one. From Russia with Love is probably number two. Maybe. Sure. That's a top five. That's a Thunderball. Like all the Connery, all the real Connery ones. Never say never again doesn't count. All the real Connery ones are good. 
eh, even Thunderball. And then when you get into Di- like Diamonds are Diamonds are Forever is a weird movie, man. Like yeah, but that's re- okay. It's a really weird movie. But again, I like Moonraker too. Like I like the weird Bond movies. Yeah, but the, the, Moonraker and is just like completely the, outlandish. I also liked when I was in a view to a kill, oh, and Christ. I was throwing people off a zeppelin. When I was like, I said, Christopher, do you want to be the villain in a Bond movie? And I was like, well, didn't you see me in The Deer Hunter? Of course I'm a good actor. And uh, I was really good at that. One day, you will get better at these impressions. Tim and August! Tim and August. <laughs> That's not my name. My, my impressions are pretty good. I was doing a, a George Burns there at dinner last week or two weeks ago. And I was bringing down the house. And then most people just ask, who the fuck is George Burns? Correct. But those who knew who George Burns was uh, had a good laugh. Yeah, everyone, yeah. A good laugh at how bad it was. That it didn't sound like George Burns. Yeah. I thought it did. It didn't. Anyway, Jeffrey, get better, sir. We, we need yeah, your energy yeah, yeah. back for next week. No, yeah, I'll be back. You see, you see how uh, bad I'm this show a... is when it's like relied on me to carry the load. I can't do that. Listen, I'm doing what I can. Yeah, you tried. I'll be back. I just, you know. Jeff Feinberg will return from a hangover. All the, all the, well, but this is the... when that person made that comment that this show works like the Friday show and that there's you as the host, there's me as the sane person, there's Jeff as the crazy person. Just like on Fridays, you're the host, Pizzola's the sane person, and Cam's the crazy person. So if the crazy person, i.e. Jeff, is a little under the weather. It's just, uh, it's hard to, to hit the heights. Yeah, listen, that poison is just seeping out of my body slowly, okay? Three-day bender? Because I, 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 tell- I, I was telling Tim, because I, I could, because we, we talked a little bit about this last week, about like how you can kind of go on these things. I can't do that. Even when I go to a bachelor party, the moment I go to sleep after like... I started because people would have like two day bachelor parties and three day bachelor parties. I just started flying in for one night. I would party for one night. I would fly out the next day because when I start doing the three day ones, like by day 1.75, I just want to go to sleep. And yeah, that's the end. If I don't stay up the entire time, I am finished. Oh, trust me. There are stories. I have a low point. That's exactly pretty much every trip, Pat, at that one point, like, that late in the second day, like I am an angry person. People want to like go out for dinner. I am just storming off. Like, uh, yeah, I'm at a nut low point. Uh, I haven't had my comeback yet. Spending uh, $50 to have four bites of food at a buffet. Waiting for my second wind is always a dark, dark place in Vegas. Yeah. I, it got, I finally learned it, it, it wasn't for me. And just the extended one was because I remember we went to on one on one of the probably like five, six years ago now, this stripper night was night two and everyone was going out to the strip club. I was like, I actually just want to go to bed. And it wasn't a very good strip club. It was one where the stripper recognized Tim one time, which is pretty funny, which I don't think That's is anything awesome. we've ever told on the show before. Can we you, don't need to talk about that story. Can you just, can you just give like the. No, the, I don't the, want to. The, Let's the, just move the, on. The two minute breakdown. No, I don't want to. Let's move on. No, oh, that's too bad. All right. Maybe someday you can coax the story out of Tim because it's so funny. Anyway, that will do it for me. The cheat sheet will be in the newsletter. Sub to that. Sub to the channel. We'll be better next week. And uh, I'll be better on Thursday show with Mike Leone, Cam and Pizzola, 
And Pozzola will probably be triggered that Cuss compared himself to Pozzola in terms of sanity. So we'll get them to weigh in on that. Then I will be back next week, and I'll talk to you then. All right? Good luck. We'll see you next time. I'm not going to tell the stripper story. It doesn't need to be told. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) Yeah, it's better to leave it as part of the mystique rather than tell it. All right. Maybe you'll Jeff's have to, maybe gone. maybe you'll lose a bet and you'll have to. Jeff's already gone. Yeah, yeah Jeff's already gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll see you later. Experience.